when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, internet? It is Monday, September... Nope. Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday, September 26th. Uh, 27th, because we're recording this on the 26th. Really crushing this interview today. Woo. You can tell that we've interview? done... Say interview? He said it. Loving it. We just did like 10 minutes of pre-record, just like banter, and so my mind is just all the way off. It is Friday. We got news. What's up, Patrick? You coming yeah, through with uh, Ra- the Rage 2's first expansion, Rise of the Ghost, is now available on PC, Xbox One. Rise of the 4. Ghost? I'm not playing that. <laughs> Rob, Rise, Rob, we're gonna, need, we're gonna need you to get on that. I'm gonna add that to a review sheet. I'm gonna need you. Although to, maybe uh, the game's core mechanic will work for me this time. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. That game came out this year. It sure did. Welcome to what is time? Waypoint Radio, episode 266. Austin Walker, Patrick Klepek, Kato, Rob Zachney, we're all here. <laughs> How, how's the week been for everybody? For me, Don't it's, get I've hives. lost my words. Don't get high? Don't get hives. Oh, Jessica got hives. Oh. Jessica got oh. hives. Is she okay? Gross. She's fine. I don't know. We don't know where they came from. Just okay. all of a sudden, well, I, uh, she woke up on Tuesday, had some bumps, and I was like, oh, you know, could be a spider bite. We were running around last night at the park. It's fall. More mosquitoes are out. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. whatever. No big deal. Well, those aren't supposed to multiply. And then no. <laughs> That's scary. Uh, yeah, so we took her in. Oh, well, you just give her some Benadryl. Benadryl. And, uh, yeah. and stuff like that. And, is she uh, uncomfortable? Is she, like, able to conceptualize? Nah, well, she knows it's itchy. And I'm like, well, you can itch it a little bit. But if you itch yeah. it too much, it's yeah. going to hurt more. It's like, okay. So she got it enough, and then, it, it, you know, you give them the Benadryl so they try and sleep through and it starts scabbing up or whatever. But yeah. I don't know what caused it. No idea. We think it was – mm. the only thing we can think of that was introduced was the uh, – like she uses like bath paints, and then we mm-hmm. got these different ones that smell like Ooh. strawberries and stuff. Mm. And so I did a Google search. I was like, you know, what, what, I forget what, they, what the brand was or whatever. It was like hives, figuring like billions someone. of kids, someone else, nothing. So either huh. there's a conspiracy – <laughs> we need a whistleblower over at Crayola to get out here and let me know about these hives. So, yeah, uh, she's fine. But, yeah, th- they're bad. My mom used to get hives. They She like, grew out of it. But when she was younger, if it was really cold, huh. just break out in hives everywhere. Oh, that's so the she, worst. Yeah. What, so, wait, like, wait, if wait. it was like was a, it just if it was cold out or if she was exposed to the cold, like, uncovered? Like, yeah, like, she for, like, for example. To keep them away? Yeah, but then it wouldn't take much to be like exposed, and that like gotcha. you know your hands like trying to go to work in the winter someday. Jeez. Yeah, she wow. said it was not not fun. That seems tough. Well, yeah, I'm I'm glad your mom and your daughter are both okay dealing with Thank the high situation. Congrats. Thank you on that. 
good work. You play any fucking video games, or what are we? What are we? Is this the hot? Are we talking about hives today? Anyone else have any allergies to talk? That about? sounds like that's like a destiny thing, right? I got yeah, yeah the, the hive. hive. Yeah, is that you? Nothing yet, right? That's all still in between. Yeah, nothing. Nothing new. Okay, because uh, those are the things. Like when we record on Monday, we record if we recorded only on Mondays, there would always be a new destiny thing for you to sure. talk about. Well, mm, yeah, we should record. <laughs> no, the Friday one's better because Tuesday's the reset. Oh, Tuesday's the reset. Okay, <clears throat> Thursday, then then Thursday. Mm, Wait, when Zerka? I thought th- I thought the weekend was a reset. Also, no Zerka. Why are we talking like- to this guy about destiny? He didn't even get the shirt. <laughs> Look. Oh my this god, what if the sh- camera had panned down to reveal Patrick <laughs> in the Destiny shirt earlier? For people who Paid don't know, 150 when, bucks on eBay. Yeah, we when we started the call, Patrick's camera was pointed up so we could only see the top of his head and the ceiling. And I was like, Are you wearing a weird shirt? Like, why don't you show us your whole body? And then it's just you're wearing a regular shirt. I always I always point it up. I always point it up. I know that the blue light is supposed to signal the time, but I don't fully trust it and I'm and you too much of a pain in the ass honestly. to unplug it. Yeah. So I just tilt it. I just tilt it up after. You don't want to get like one of those little things you cover it with. Yeah, just do one of the little or like a piece of tape, piece of tape or a post-it note. Man, taking a piece of tape on and that's okay. No, 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 no. no. What you you do is you fold it. You fold it so that it the part that it's actually covering is dry, and then the other two sticky ends are on the left and right. I'd rather just point at the ceiling. You can look and you can listen to me. Just don't look at me. Great. A lot All of my right. info is a lot of my info is out there. Like I'm already, you know, Thanks, I'm already. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Fair outs. enough. Shout outs to the ESA. Shout outs. We didn't talk about it on this podcast. I don't think unless that was happened while I was gone. ESA put out there or didn't they didn't put it out a uh, a deck, a marketing deck, a deck that they were oh, sending around to yeah. uh, presumably game companies leaked that included their new vision for E3. Did y'all see this a couple We heard ago? about that at E3, right? I remember us chatting about, like, we had yes. talked to someone I, who had heard credibly that uh, there I heard, was a talk of turning it into a Gamescom type yes, thing. Yes, exa- I definitely heard that from a couple of sources at E3, and then while we were at E3, not from E3 in the sense that, like, this was not ESA people leaking shit to me at E3. Um, <laughs> that, you know what? I mean, you leak know. Stuff. Leak, leak that leak stuff. Leak That's that stuff. way better. Come on. Um, no, but the stuff with them turning, I think it's going to be West Hall they're, they're proposing, turning it into like an experience center where instead of just regular booths, there are seven experience zones where you could see celebrities playing Fortnite or whatever. And just like, that's not going to do it, fam. That's not going to be the thing. Pods? They might, it might something like actually pods. make Plus it worse. Pods. <laughs> it might. It might make it worse. Anyway. Did you see the, the Q thing? What's the Q thing? Like when the, the Q continuum? Q, What's... Q, Q-tainment? Like where people are standing oh, right. in, the, in when line. When in line, there will be entertainment for people in queues. Yeah, no, it's Which bad. is just ads. It's bad. The other thing I'd heard at E3 was that they were going to try to change cities, which because to do something as big as Gamescom, the LA Convention Center is just like not no, capable just of, not. Having, of, of dealing with that. But now that they now that this deck leaked and that deck is like, we think we can add 10,000 more people. It's like, okay. That's nobody. Down. It's nobody. Like At that point, you're not saving that convention. That's not changing the needle in any way or moving the needle in any way. Anyway, E3. Yeah. Behind us now. I guess almost ahead of us again. <laughs> Once God. we get through this season, we'll get through the winter and then it'll be E3 season yet again. Oh, there's presumably that, you know, if there are hardware announcements happening next year at E3, like plenty of meetings have already happened about E3 (laughs) in 2020. No, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, what was the part of that deck where they're talking about like E3 and social good? Oh my god, that's know. right. That was the and worst bit for sure. Yeah, that was that was pretty brutal. There was the, something the about like that, well, chits. Yeah. Yes. Like fucking. Mm-hmm. Uh, goodwill chits. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out real quick to Game Daily. Let's, let's really nail that cha sound, folks. Uh, Mike Futter. Mike Futter is the one who reported this out over at uh, uh, GameDaily.biz. Yeah, I'll just read from the Power of Social Good slide now that we're here. Um, research. So, so again, I just want to set up. This is a presentation. When I say deck, what I mean is a presentation, like a slideshow, that would be presented to game companies, presumably, and potential partners for E3, etc., uh, so yeah, the power of social good. Research so- shows that millennial and millennials and Gen Z are the most quote giving back slash social good generations ever. By amplifying E3's social good brand, we can advance the industry's brand with consumers while storing positive chits for future use. E.g., policy goals, next negative video game story. Love to store positive chits. <laughs> Truly a game a game industry. Uh, uh, in which we are now storing positive chits. One tactic we could implement is partnering with influencers, celebrities, athletes, YouTube personalities who are passionate uh, about E3-relevant social good efforts. Uh, for example, gender equality, STEM. Imagine an NBA champion global superstar participating in an E3 Coliseum conversation and or global movie star being part of the E3 digital ticket because it included social good compo- components. Ugh. This shit sucks. I'm like, I've been on the other side of this thing where it's like me sitting with someone from commercial or sales or with Joel when Joel was here as Waypoint's publisher mm-hmm. and being like, well, we want to do X thing. How do we convince – I want to do a thing that is good because it's good. Right. You need to fund that thing. Do you need me to convince someone why it's good to fund that thing? But even with all the shit that we've had to go through when trying to like get green light to do charity streams or whatever, never has it come to like, ah, yes, we are going to store social or positive (laughs) shit so that the next time something falls apart, we can point to it and be like, look, though, remember when we did a a STEM talk at a Coliseum? And also, again, like this is kind of the tell, and this goes back to some of the stuff around the uh, contact list leak. Yeah. Which is that these people just don't come across as even the B team, right? <laughs> like, like writing this stuff out, not only is it cynical, but it's also pretty incompetent. Like, it reflects a pretty poor understanding of what the thing that you're trying to do even is or how it works, right? Like if you're that reductive, if you're being that cynical about it, and if you have this notion that like somehow in the court of public opinion, you get markers that you can call in when someone in your industry fucks up, none of these assumptions are true or accurate. Um, So the entire have been right. So this is the entire thing. This is premised on this entire, ah, this is, this is another direction we can go with E3 it's like this is something – this is a strategy document written by somebody who's seen successful companies execute things like this. Don't really know what they executed or how they did it, but sure would like to do some of that. And the, that's what yeah. these slides are. The big confusion here is that what they're what, – what they are, they're looking out into an uh, uh, environment where they <sighs> see some people being forgiven, some companies being forgiven or being held to – a standard where if they if they make if there was a fuck up in the industry writ large the the or you know if one individual actor in the industry fucks up the whole industry isn't blamed for it and they're confusing like 
like legitimate goodwill or leg- like uh, uh, someone having an ethos that is like that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Resonates with uh, a wide audience of Gen Z and millennials like us uh, for someone having a transactional relationship, right? Like when. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of something that is that that even comes under this sort of scrutiny at this point. When music, you know, in in 2019, if a musician does something shitty, no one is like, I guess fucking pop music is bad all around anymore, or rap music, right? Is maybe the, the is is a great example here, and that isn't because like. Common put out some some like a handful of good verses about being you know compassionate and technology, etc. You know classic modern common <laughs> verses. Um, it, it's because as a whole, writ large, we understand what hip hop is. We understand what what rap culture is, and no longer look at it as like a referendum on like the morality of the people who make and consume it. And that is the sh- long term strategy for making for getting video games out of the crosshairs of uh, kind of puritanical culture guardians. Uh, It is not that one time at E3 we held a talk on gender equality, you know? Anyway, the ESA fucking sucks, and I'm not looking forward to whatever they pull this year. Um, Do you know what doesn't suck? Is Cube World. I'm going to talk for five minutes about Cube World, and then I'm going to stop because I I actually have to still wrap my head around it. Um, so it's in beta. Q World's in beta. If you had, if if seven we, years we, ago, we, can you yeah? Can you like? I think there's yeah. so many people that don't. No, yeah. You'll just say Q World, and it won't mean anything to people because right. it has actually just become sort of a meme and a joke yes. that even that's a small audience. So maybe set up a little bit of like <laughs> why it's wild that we're here. In 2012, footage started. Uh, footage was released. Trailers were released. I think it was 2012 originally of a game called Cube World. Uh, which had an alpha release back in that same time frame. I think I bought the alpha in 2013. It is an open-world, procedurally generated, voxel-based, like, uh, action RPG adventure thing, right? Um, uh, In 2013, it was following hot on the heels of Minecraft being at its height. Uh, It was doing a lot of stuff that Minecraft mods had been doing about giving that game more structure uh, and and turning it from just kind of a crafting experience to an adventuring experience and an exploration experience. Um, And so Keyword like leaned all the way into that. It was being made by two people, a couple from Germany. Um, and it looked really pretty and it had really nice music and, you know, it had all of these kind of like markers of what would be a potentially really successful game had it released then. Um, you know, it, it was just like one of those things that felt good to run around in. There were neat things to look at that the proc gen was, was pretty good at, at producing cool looking stuff. Um, and then the game went quiet. It didn't get updates for a while. Every now and then, at first, like I'd say once every other month, the developer would post some update on Twitter, be like, oh, hey, look, I added, you know, boats to the game, or I don't think boats, I think boats were maybe in there by the time the update stopped coming. But, you know, bit by bit, it was like, oh, here's a new skill for for one of the classes. Here's a new new type of biome. Then those updates became every six months or every year instead of every (laughs) couple of weeks or months. Uh, But when I say updates, I mean a single tweet with a with a screenshot or like a link to a SoundCloud page. It was in that that was like literally like here's the new dungeon music I came up with. And like, dog, it's been two and a half years since the update. Why are you just like loosely putting up this <laughs> this dungeon music? 
it was in that like year year gaps between tweets that I like found out about Cube World, right? And followed him on Twitter and turned on notifications because it's like he's not going to tweet for another week, another year, probably. Probably, right? yeah, totally, <laughs> absolutely. You know, it's just like, oh, I added quests to the game. Was one of the updates. It's like, okay, can we play it? What's going on? <laughs> what is happening? I have lots of friends who turn their backs. On on Wale, his name is Wolfram von Funk. Who turned? But he's he's Twitter.com slash Wall W O L underscore Lay L A Y. I'm not talking about DC based rapper Wale, who put out a couple of good mixtapes, and then everything since has been like eh, except a couple of singles. Uh, but people should go back and listen to Hundred Miles Are Running and the mixtape about nothing. Great, great work. Um, the for me, I kept turn coming. your back. There's nothing to turn away from. There he is. So, okay, so time out. So the thing I'll say is the the big thing that I have to my relationship with this game is that I was having like a terrible year, just like a brutally bad year. I was in Ontario. I was really this is 2013. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I'd hit like it was. I think it was the year of my comprehensive exams, which are just a really trying period in grad school. I felt super isolated. Um, I wasn't able to like see my friends very often. I was like going through weird relationship stuff at the time, and felt very disconnected and felt very like down. Um, and then Cube World came out, and it, I also was disconnected from like online friends because I was going through this this like exam shit, and so it was like even my online friends were not as readily available. I wasn't having that. It was like, especially that summer was just miserable. Um, and then Cube World hit and it was like the excuse to start playing games with my friends online again. Um, and it was doing a lot of things that I knew I liked in games, but I hadn't quite figured out how to talk about why I liked those things yet. Um, and so it, it was, you know, I probably played, I spent 15 bucks and played it for like 50 hours, you know, and I was like, wow, cool. And there's not much there. There was not that much to it, but I had a blast. I streamed it with some friends. It, you know, it was, it was a good time. Um, and so for those six years, I kept the faith <laughs> is what I'm saying. And I know that I, I would say, yeah, I would say for, like, it's for like biased turn, turn, turn your back implies a certain like, ah, like kept the faith is a very, cause that is all you could have with cube world. Was oh just, yeah kept the faith. Yeah. My my supposition had always been that this was a creator who was not ready for the attention and the uh the what's the word I'm looking for here? Um scrutiny? Yeah. Yeah, the scrutiny like the way folks are expectations going to like oh, I just made a thing. Right, right. I made a cool and thing. And it's cool that, it's with cool my that some wife, people liked it. It's popular on Reddit for a day, and then you move on with your and, life. Instead, right. this became like a phenomenon, he and then was a meme. Not you know, uh, position like Mojang was. He was not looking to be like that. He was not looking to have that constant back and forth. Um, and while or you yes, or you or you think you're ready for it, and then when yeah. it happens, like, you oh, realize shit. you're not. <laughs> yeah. And so in my mind, I was like, well, look, I spent 15 bucks on this thing, and 15 bucks was a lot for me at the time. But I still, I was 15 bucks. It wasn't a 60 dollar game. I got my time with it. If it never gets an update again, that fucking sucks. But I'm not. I'm not mad at him. And maybe one day he comes back and makes a game. Maybe not every game needs to have that constant back and forth that every other early access game. It was like the beginning of early access, mm -hmm. right? It's like the, the start of talking about games coming out in that state. And there were certain expectations. You know, I'll say the, on the other hand, I really love the way Clay does early access, which is the opposite. Constant communication. Huge, like, uh, uh, you know, um, timelines that they lay out ahead of time to be like, here are when all the updates are going to hit. Here are we, here's our, our, uh, our roadmap for every feature we're trying to add. I like that, too. It is not me saying, 
no one should should do the roadmap thing. Mm-hmm. I think the roadmap thing is really fun and can be really fun to follow a, a game along like that. Q World, I didn't mind that I got my 15 bucks worth and then maybe one day I'll get another update. Finally, that update has hit. Uh, earlier this fall, Wale tweeted that uh, it was coming this fall. It was uh, going to hit and that and that uh, alpha players would get to continue playing for free or not for free. They already paid it. They're, that code would get transferred over to Steam and this new build, <clears throat> which he was saying was basically Cube World 2.0, um, which is overselling it in some ways because it's Cube World. It's mm-hmm. basically still Cube World. But it's also underselling how radical some of the changes to like the core loop are. Um uh, so that is now out in beta for quote unquote beta for anyone who has an alpha key from whatever six years ago. I should note <laughs> at some point he also stopped taking money for this game. He stopped selling this game. The right. Picroma, which is the company that he that, that Wale and and uh, his his wife Pixie uh, own, um, they stopped taking money from people for this game, and so. Now the door is opening back up. I think the 30th is when that game actually fully releases on Steam. Um, and I have now put 14 or 15 hours into it over the last few days. Uh, again, giving me my $15 of t- 2013 money uh, worth. Um, but it is a really unique and weird and different thing. And now in a world where I've played way more Dragon's Dogma, in a world where I've played Breath of the Wild, I can see why it resonated with me so well to begin with. Mm. And it's leaned more in that direction. It's definitely not a perfect you know, exploration of those ideas. It's missing a lot of what something like Breath of the Wild brought to that sort of exploration-based gameplay. Um, But it is still scratching that itch and being able to play that with like, I was playing with four other friends the other night. I think the cap on how many people you can play with is 10 or something. What? Uh, it's like a big, big party Damn. size. So at the very least, I was playing with five. Online. It makes the, that difficulty. Does it change? It, yeah. The, it's just mm. like, it's like a very simple like slider where enemies just get stronger. Stronger. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so it is a third person, like open world action RPG. You pick one of four classes. Uh, it is like rogue, warrior, uh, wizard and the other one, ranger. <laughs> um, they have simple abilities. It's like uh, you can play with a controller. I play with mouse and keyboard. Um, uh, each class is like a s- two different subclasses to pick from that change like a couple of what those abilities are. So, you know, you could be a water mage and the water mages have like a laser. Or it depends on what weapon they use that they heal people. The fire mages are like glass cannons that do lots of DPS. And the warrior, you have a berserker and you have a guardian, right? Like it's it's very traditional fantasy action RPG like or fantasy RPG tropes or, or archetypes. Um, in the old cube world, you had an experience bar, you had a skill tree, you had all these like very traditional visions of what an RPG is. You mm. killed low-level enemies to level up, and eventually you were high level and you were getting better drops and you were blah 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 blah. It was like a Diablo in, in that sense. That has all been jettisoned for something that is w- way more unique and weird. Mm. Um, and the initial reaction from that community was like strong backlash. Like day one was like, fuck this. Make it the way it used to be. Why am I not getting XP from killing things anymore? Uh, <laughs> and then day two was like, okay, I get what you're going for. I think that there are still some important improvements you fucking need to make. Um, and now it's like day three and it's like, thank you for fixing some of the bugs. Also, can we get different ways to put down waypoints? Because right now we can only put a star on the map and it would be cool if we could put down like a star or a circle or different symbols. That would be useful to me since this is a game about exploration. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of where I'm at. So the the that old system that is just like the way you think about RPGs, you kill monsters, you get XP, you level up, you get skill points, gone. 
Instead, it is like 100% loot based. And it's really hard for those first, for the first few hours when you don't know what the fuck is going on, because there's zero tutorialization. This is not yeah. a game that is like, here's what you do. It spits you out into a procedurally generated landmass. You're like, all right, what am I going to do? There are some, you know, uh, goblins. I'm going to run over to those goblins. Maybe if they're like chill NPCs, they have a blue health bar, you can talk to them and they'll be like, I like your name or some one of other, you know, 90% of the canned responses are not useful to you in any way. It's like getting either, confusingly dumped in a world sounds like a game we'll talk about later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what I don't like as much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The the 10% of the NPCs you talk to or thereabout will be like, yo, I heard there's a hang glider over on this over on this mountain. Or, hey, I heard there's gloves that let you climb shit for without spending stamina uh, in a crypt across the map. Um or you can go to a town and find more people who will give you those sorts of quests. Hey, a gnome has been kidnapped by ogres. Can you go save that gnome? And when you do, that gnome will come back to town and can like sell stuff here and increase the type of stuff you can buy, increase the value of stuff that you, that you buy. But all the while, you are like weak as shit because <laughs> this game doesn't let you grind. You can't just go kill rats to get better. The only way to get better is to get gear. And the only way to get gear is through certain rare drops from, from enemies. Every now and then, like very rarely, especially when you're first starting out, enemies will drop gear. The other way is to complete quests, which just about always give you gear, or to explore and find chests, hidden chests, stuff like bombable you know, uh, uh, walls or floors, to find crypts that you can enter, stuff like that. Um, and that is it. And that's already a big change for an audience that was used to, I kill stuff, I get stronger. For this to now be, I only get a drop when I complete a quest. And to start out with, the only quests I have any chance of beating are the very, very, very low-level ones, of which it can be hard to find. Because when you start the game, it's like, all right, this is a, a white region, a blue region, or a green region, a blue region, a red, or a purple region, and a and a gold one, or not region, but like a location, right? Like such and such hill or such and such, you know, castle. Those things all have difficulties. And you could really only do the white ones, the very low level ones. And even those are hard as shit if you're not playing very carefully. Um, and that's the only way to progress. And so I get what why that initial backlash hits. Then the second wave of backlash is, let's say you've put five hours into this game. You've managed to beat all the white quests. You've gotten up. You've done all the blues and the greens. you got a purple under your belt. You find out that there's a rare artifact in a castle across the map. Like, all right, I'm going to go I'm gonna clear out that castle. Or you kill a bunch of fucking wizards in there or whatever. You fight a giant eyeball because magic shit. Mm -hmm. And then you get a crown. And that crown is like plus 2% running speed. Or the one I got was like plus 3% lantern light speed or lantern light distance. <laughs> Awesome. Sick. Okay, that, that's a cool... I guess I wear this crown and my lantern's light goes further at night. It's dark at night. Yeah. Sick. All right, so what do I want to do next? Let me zoom out the map. All right, so I have this proc gen like location. Next to it, there's like a an undead land and like a cool island map area and like a, a desert and, you know, maybe there's like a... There was the one I, we, you and I saw that was like mm. weird fire land, yeah. Kato. Yeah. Let's go there. Go there and all my stats drop to nothing. What the fuck? Why are all my stats gone? And the answer is gear. Okay, so you know how in some games you go to a place and it's like, oh, all the enemies here are stronger. Yeah. Cube World does the opposite, which is you leave the place you're in and all your gear drops to just baseline shit, nothing. All of your gear is region locked to the biome you get it from. So if you're from like, if you're in like the forest biome and you get a dope top tier sword, then you leave to go to a different place, it becomes the shittiest weapon you've ever used. What? Unless, what? and here's the, here's the fucking trick, 
unless it has a plus next to it, in which case it's good for every neighboring region. Just the neighboring ones, though? Well, while you're adventuring there, you're going to get another plus. In fact, you can theoretically get plus plus stuff that lasts even further. And so the gear is the, (laughs) like, leveling mechanism, and it's the most confusing and weird thing because no one I don't I don't none of that makes any sense. All right. Let's say you're playing what's a what's a No, okay. I get no I get okay. it. I understand okay. what it's doing. I'm yes. saying it's a shitty system. You should so I definitely get where that comes from. Except it's not a you're saying it somehow works. Yeah. Like controlling because progression through feeling, this. So so the one thing is that like so I played a lot of Cube World when it first came out. I stopped playing because I got a golden axe or whatever. I got a gold tier top tier weapon and now I'm done. I'm not going to go explore another region just to see what's out there. You put in your 20 to give you a golden axe. <laughs> yeah, and, and send you uh, on your fucking way. Um, exactly. Um, the thing that works about it is n- now the way I'm thinking about this game is not the way I would think about Breath of the Wild or, or uh, a Final Fantasy game or like a traditional action or even like Destiny. Uh-huh. In Destiny, I'm like, I, my progression is going to go up, 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 up. I'm going to be doing the same thing and shooting people in the head or the, the chest, wherever their weak point is in Destiny, <laughs> you know, for the for the next 30 hours. And there's going to be story content, which this game is not going to have because it's made by two people and most of it's proc gen. Yeah. There is story stuff. There is lore, et cetera. But a lot of it is also very clearly proc gen Seems lore. like it's just on the margins to just sort of yeah. give you there's, stuff there's, to do. It does the thing where it's like there's enough lore so that it could do a cool moment you go what the fuck is going on like in the middle of the night one one night uh in game night not real life night uh i went to a uh a wasn't it yeah i went to a mountain (laughs) that i cleared off of like a shitty necromancer and suddenly i saw things in the sky and the moon i was like what the fuck is going on and i looked up and there were paratroopers coming down and i moused over them and they said steel empire and there was an airship up there it was like (laughs) fantasy brotherhood of steel guys air like paratrooping down and I'm like oh shit and then the next morning there was a mana pump set up in a nearby area that was a steel empire thing where they were like doing Final Fantasy 7 Mako reactor style <laughs> you know uh, fracking the earth for magic done alright cool there's enough That's lore neat. for yeah. those things to like, exist and be like oh I guess the steel empire does that you know I'm not expecting to find great monologues <laughs> in this game right. for, by anyone from that The thing that this system does is that it turns each of these zones, which can take you between five and ten hours to clear, based on the time that it took me to clear this first one, as like little mini games in and of themselves, or like mini, Mm. it's almost like New Game Plus, right? It's almost like, all right, I I beat Cube World. I finished, I got the crown that gives me the lantern speed, or the lantern distance. That lantern distance stays with me forever. Uh, those those artifacts that you get when you complete the zone, that lasts with you forever, ever. That's not just a plus. That's like a permanent upgrade. Mm. Um, when you go to those other zones, it's almost like hitting new game or almost like hitting um, – like rolling a new world in uh, Remnant uh, uh, from the, from ashes, the ashes, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, okay, or a new game of Diablo. It's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this arc again because the other stuff that you lose, like you lose – and this is like a hard pill to swallow. You lose the hang glider. You lose the, the stuff that the uh, climbing claws. You lose – the boat. You lose all of your... when you walk so, but You literally get across the line. That stuff vanishes. Wow. And you, and and you, you s- get all the same stuff all over different again? Different zones have had some different things. Like So that's are, my... That's my... That having, sounds less good. Uh, see, so that's I, my yeah. thing. Is it each... If it's each zone was like, this zone right. is this zone. And the things for this zone... And sure, there'd be some crossover like a lantern you can see. But like, the idea that's like... Lantern arbitra- keep, arbitra- Right, but arbitrarily like a thing like a 
climbing gloves just disappearing and like better find the climbing gloves all over Dude, again. Dude, the funniest thing is the boat. You can transfer from one thing to another and your boat just vanishes out from under you. See that? I, yeah. <laughs> there is I, no, I, and there is like, no I, I love... There is no fictional. I've, there's no fictional like reason for it. They don't even say like, "Oh, it's a magic boat." No, it's just gone. But then the counter though is, I go to. A, I'm like, all right, I go into this undead place, which is dope looking. All of it looks so cool. It is voxel yeah. based. But I went to this undead place. There's a huge volcano that's like dominating half of the skyline because it's like it's just like so perfectly positioned. I find my way past some fucking weird. All the enemies are different in these different biomes. There's all like different sets where it's pulling from different things. So I, I walk past like a a caravan of like skull knight skeleton knights one of whom is riding a big weird skeleton worm which is a weird thing uh, <laughs> and I get to a town and in the town I immediately get told where the climbing gloves are I'm like yes awesome I'm gonna get those super early in this zone now the last zone they were one of the last things I got which made exploring really hard and so being able to get that early in that next zone felt good and it, it the only comparison I could make is re-rolling on a on a right. on like a roguelike or something where it's like right. yeah I play a roguelike and, you know, it reminded me of uh, Unexplored a little bit in this mm. way, where it's like, ah, early on, I hope I get something key to help this next right. run go well. It's almost a run-based open-world exploration game. Uh, or like the go... Link to the Past randomizer is another uh, thing. So if you go back, that stuff is... You keep that stuff. That stuff doesn't vanish. If you go back to the like your original, that first zone, you have all that stuff still. Okay, you so... You have your good gear. Okay. I've been doing a thing where, like, I go back to that main hub to clear off... It's not like you accidentally tip a toe over and then you're like, ah, fuck, I, like, fucked it all up. It's like... You can come back. Yeah, you can and come back anytime five. to go do that other. In fact, like I, I come back to do other quests to see right. if I get any any more plus drops, for right. instance. Right. Uh, it is a very weird system, and the thing that this game has helped emphasize for me, and I, I'm going to write about this probably this week or early next week, is that my favorite mode to be in in video games. I think I've used this analogy before, but if I haven't, have you all seen Memento? The movie, the Chris mm -hmm. Nolan movie, the movie about the guy who, all right, so the premise of Memento is there's a guy who whose short-term memory, uh, uh, it fails him, right? He, he, uh, he has long-term memory. He remembers old things. He doesn't remember new things after the point at which- Well, he can't create long-term right, memory. He can't create- He has right. immediate short-term memory, yes. but none of his new memories Sorry, thank you. make their way into long-term storage. Right. So you could like yell at me right now, Kato, yeah. and I could leave the room and be like, fuck Kato. And someone else would be like, yo, hey, how's it going? I'd be like, uh, I'm focused on this person now. I would forget that you had just yelled at me. Mm -hmm. It tells that story backwards. It tells that story from the ending and then each scene in between after interstitials is the next point backwards in time. Uh, and one of my favorite scenes in it is a sequence where the main character, who's played by Guy Pierce, is running through like a parking lot or a trailer trailer park, maybe. And he's like, "All right, what am I doing?" Because he's just come into consciousness. His his new memory is forming a new memory. All right, what am I doing? What am I doing? Oh, and he sees a guy running. He's like, "I'm chasing that guy. I'm chasing that guy." All right, I'm chasing him. And then the guy turns and pulls a gun on him. He's like, "He's chasing me." That is my favorite mode to be in in a video game. <laughs> the reason I play video games is to be like, "All right, what am I doing? What am I doing?" All right. Uh, how do okay? What what is this? What what is this? What is happening right now? Um, and it is fairly rare that a game gets me in that state because of it being the job that we do. Because so often what we do is we play ten minutes of a game. We go, oh, I get this whole game. I basically understand what hour thirty of this game is going to be because the core mechanics have set themselves up, and there are going to be narrative twists and turns if it's well written, and there might be cool abilities and wow moments I get, but I get it. 
playing a game like Cube World and getting 15 hours out of it before I was like, oh, I get it. I get what this is doing for real is so rewarding for me. Um, and again, it's why I like games like Breath of the Wild and why I like games like Dragon's Dogma is like, okay, how do I deal with this thing? Mm -hmm. In any other game, immediately, like, oh, I'm just going to kill a bunch of fucking rats and eventually I'm going to kill a bunch of like super rats and then I'm going <laughs> to kill a bunch of rat men and then I'm going to kill a rat god. Done. Yeah. And that's a video game. <laughs> and this I'm like... Uh, if I look at a witch, she evaporates me, dog. <laughs> How do I do anything in this game? Yeah. And that is really rewarding. And it's not rewarding because difficulty. It's rewarding because it puts me in a state where I'm trying to solve what the gameplay designer intends for me, but not in an adventure gamey combine the cat hair with the mustache way right. in this like other mode. Um, it's not, a, and for all that reason, it's like a hard game to recommend because I think Patrick, your response, I'm like, that sounds like it sucks is the response a lot of people will have to it. Um, but it does put me in a mode that so few games do. And so, again, 15 bucks for it was is a good price for a thing that, you know, is not like so many other things. Um, I'm curious to see if the updates keep coming. There have been good patches yeah. so far. It releases for real on the 30th. Um, oh, we should as a sort of a coda to all of this is that um, yes. the, 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 yes. the, the designer did put out uh, a statement alongside, like, hey, this is back and it's a real thing and we're near the finish line of like this new phase was that like he admitted to a lot of uh, anxiety and depression that uh, was exasperated by the response to Cube World and a lot of his stepping back was sort of like regaining himself and like finding a way to actually make this thing in a way that was healthy. And so, uh, yeah, like – yeah, it sounds like it was a stressful experience to have been exposed to the degree that Cube World was and that, like, the way it was, you know, discussed over so many years. You know, it sounds like the rapid, quick success allowed him to step back and yeah. just slowly make a thing over years. Like, mm -hmm. he, he made a lot of money or enough money to just quietly toil away. Um, so it's kind of the best of both worlds where it's like he – didn't have to, you know, you look at what happens to a developer like Ooblets and the way that would happen with like the Epic Game Store. Like when you become a flashpoint, not everyone has the opportunity to step back because, yeah. you know, they have to make a thing and stay visible. Um, and so it was at least nice to see that even if that confirmed like a pretty like understandable theory of what was happening to one, have them come forward and, and validate it instead of. Um, it would be understandable for them to not talk about it, but like right. it was worthwhile, I think, for them to step forward and be like, this is what I was going through and why. Um, but also that they had the resources because of its early success to make it in a way that probably is the only reason or like a, a, a chief reason that it actually even got to this point. Like the alternate world where he stays in the spotlight and his you know partner stays in the spotlight, you know, who knows if that game ever gets to this point. Um, yeah. And I think there's already been a lot of people who've come out and been like, was he really working on it for all that time? If he was working on it for six years, wouldn't this game be better? And it's like, one. I think it seemed like as someone that has covered this game multiple times over the years, like in like in the, the check-ins, I will say like at a certain point, most people had like a good humor about it. Of course, there's going to be assholes. Yes. I think most people were just were in a similar boat to you of like, at this point, it's funny. Right. And if it comes yes. out, cool. Like that would be interesting. And a Half-Life 3-ish sort of <laughs> joke. Um, and when it was like, I don't even care if it's good. It'd just be funny if this came to some sort of conclusion, I, but also it's almost funnier yes. that like what, what reward can there be that is equivalent to the occasional update? We are like that, that thing still exists. Um, 
And it, it has been very. But I think funny. most people like, and, and the comments to that blog post were, you know, I haven't checked in on it since, but like, we're largely supportive. Like, we're just so happy that Cube World is back, and you know, take the time you need. And of course, people are going to be entitled, but I do think like, by and large, the community that stuck around all those many years were sort of like ride or die at at that at point. this point it was it has been very fun to see my own friends come to this game and like we again we i was like me and four other friends basically have played this game for that 15 hours um including you know there are people in that group who played the first two hours of it and their response was like yo fuck this this sucks and then 12 hours like bring back xp basically <laughs> and then 12 hours later we finished that first loop and it's like, wow, I actually feel really good. That felt really cool. We've all wrapped our heads around this experience. There is something here, and it is because it's so weird and different, and because it had this storied history, there were the expectations were so all over the place. It's like, is this gonna be an important game to us? Is it gonna be like completely out of date in a sense? Has has the world moved on from what this is? Mm-hmm. Um and what I think it is is it's a 50, it's going to be a $15 game or I bought it for $15 years ago. I actually don't know what it is on Steam right now if it's still 15 bucks or will be. Um, that is pretty cool. And in some ways, like having that whole mythology and that build up deflate to like, oh, yeah, there's a pretty cool game on Steam is uh, is, like I said, deflating. Um, and part of me almost wishes there had been one last delay because <laughs> it would have been very funny. Uh, but I'm glad that it's going to come out and I'm glad that people are going to get to see like, hey. This is a thing that a lot of that a lot of people, but not like AAA game super success. A lot of people uh, have cared about for years and, and are getting to enjoy. Um, so Cube World, I'll probably have more to say about it next week. Maybe next week I come back and I go. I played another zone. I'm fucking done. This game sucks. Uh, <laughs> but but we'll see. Um, grids are like cubes. You uh, you could make a, you could fill a grid yeah. with cubes. Rob, you've been playing grid. <laughs> Yeah, different kind of grid, but sure. Yeah, I'm be honest, not in your top ten transitions. Segs, no, like, I know, <laughs> I know, that was not a good we're one. We're not, we're not putting that segue up in the Ring of Honor. <laughs> no, the thing is, um, we had a much easier. We actually had a better seg that Patrick already set up that we could have gone with, which is no, Overland. We're in it. We're we're in. We're grid in now. it now. All right, we'll we're come back to now. Overland later. Grid is a game. Uh, here's what I know sure about is. grid. I can actually tell you the most – actually, the most important thing is that you just, you compared it to Daytona USA to me the other day. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? So do you remember how the first time you encountered a Daytona USA machine and you hopped in it, it was like the most intense and convincing driving experience that you'd ever had? Oh, uh, Like it was – Real quick. It was a cartoony – like What's yeah. up? Yeah. Am I – this is probably just a South Florida thing. Am I the only one who associates Daytona USA and Cruising USA with Walmarts? Why? I mean, literally every always... Walmart in my town had one at the entrance, and oh. it's the only place I ever saw it. I always saw Cruising USA. Like yeah. the Midway games were very common at like Walmart entrance. Like when you're going in between, uh-huh. like you go the, through the first entrance, right? Yeah. Then there's the Crane games. Uh-huh. Dakota is going to spend all his time on thinking he's going to get it because he thinks Crane Look. games are fair, and maybe this one is better than other ones. I should probably spend all my time getting money in Crane games instead of just getting the normal progression of rupees. It'll let you get that bow at a time that's really useful in the arc of the game. But yeah, there would also be cruising it's your like same challenge onto itself. Well. Yeah, okay. You can get good at that game. I can't believe Cube uh-huh, World replaced sure. all the replace all the progression with a Crane game. <laughs> Um, <laughs> K- Kato, the crane game is fair. 
miss, miss, <laughs> miss, <laughs> miss well, as we're literally getting ready for the moments podcast. Moments before I had mm. been getting the one, like first fucking try each time I walked into that uh, room. Uh, sure. Okay. The, 30, uh, 30 rupees a pop. <sighs> so much. No, 10. Daytona USA, my Daytona USA connection is that I used to work next to an arcade that was like a big open air arcade. Like mm. it was at the back of a mall and it was just the whole back of the mall was the arcade. It was huge. Damn. And I was alive. I was working in the last store up next to the arcade and right next to a Daytona USA, USA machine. So I heard the Daytona USA theme over and over and over again all day. Just that guy going Daytona over and over again. And it's someone right did there. a, uh, I just, I only, I only recognize this now cause we're talking about it, but someone got that dude, the vocalist Ooh. and had him do like a live like version of it. And not it was like fairly recently, like in the last couple of like backing was, band. I, no, it's just no. like, just, just him just like talking, it. singing into a mic. Okay. It's incredible. I'll fi- I will find it while Rob continues to set up grid. And then I will tell people when to pay Scott tune network to do a cover of a Scott cover of the Daytona USA theme. Uh, <laughs> Rob grid is a car. It's a racing yeah. game. Yeah, uh, so it's from Codemasters. Okay, but Codemasters at Have this they point always done makes the grid games. Yes, but I had forgotten this until I was looking up. Uh, I was trying to figure out what, like, because this is just grid, and the previous game was grid two, but they decided to reboot the entire brand. Okay, uh, after after two games, they're rebooting the entire brand. Uh, but I had to look up what was the original grid. And I'd completely forgotten that Grid was like what the Toka race driver series turned into. Oh. Uh, yeah. So if you remember the Toka games, they were very much like racing career simulators. Right. And the earlier ones even had like story mode shit, right? Where you were the new hotshot driver. It was a bit like what happens at the start of F1 2019, but much of the game was like that. Hmm. Uh, and it was a little more soap opera-esque, I think. But uh, – yeah, the Toka series has kind of – I think that brand's basically been sunsetted. Uh, and we got Grid a number of years ago, and that was kind of this halfway point between – and this is kind of where Codemasters has largely operated outside of the F1 series. Uh, it sort of occupies a spot between pure arcade racing and sim racing. It's kind of where and Dirt so, is too, right? Is that is that fair or is Dirt more simmy than than I'm thinking? Dirt's evolved a lot. That's okay. that, you know what I mean? The question you just asked depends on which dirt you're talking about. Uh, I would say with like dirt three and then the, and particularly dirt rally, mm-hmm. they started moving more sharply in a sim direction. And I think partly that was driven by the fact that the rally racing game space began to, they started to take over enough of it that increasingly it made sense to just become sort of the defining sim of that right. kind of racing rather than be the sort of sim light version of that. But Grid, anyway, was sort of halfway between uh, sim racing and pure arcade racing. Grid 2 pulled actually more sharply in an arcade direction, and this new Grid kind of fits with that. And that's kind of where the Daytona USA thing occurred to me because – the 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 way I remember Daytona USA is that if you t- if you took out sort of the goofy theme stuff that's happening in the background of the race as you whip around that circuit, right? Um, you had a pretty 
intense and convincing feeling racing game. This was, this was the thing that sort of stunned me when I first played that arcade cabinet ages and ages ago is it had sort of a sense of like fighting the car and fighting for traction that I just wasn't used to from a lot of other arcade racers. Does that track with your guys' memories of Did, yeah, Daytona? All, all of, all of those like, like Sega rally. Like I got the same yeah. sense. Did that, like one the, that literally do that too in the, in the wheel? What do you, oh, oh, like, yeah. oh, you mean like the shaking? The, the shaking, yeah, the shaking, shaking force yeah. feedback, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. It might have been the first one where I encountered force feedback, and that might be why it, why it stands out so much for me. But this kind of feels like it is all about trying to exaggerate the most dramatic aspects huh. of racing while still being approachable. And so an easy... An easy thing to think about is these cars want to drift really badly. Hell like yeah. <laughs> if if they lose traction a little bit, more punishing sim racers will throw you into a spin really quickly. Like you do not have the 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 window you have to prevent a spin is vanishingly small. And spinning and out in to- a race is like the worst thing in a video game because you're like, all right, well, I want to fucking restart this whole race. Even though I'm on lap three, I feel like I just fucking blew yeah. it. This sucks. Everyone just went past you. Yeah. <laughs> or I hit yeah. the rewind button and feel a little bit bad by it about it. Right. What grid seems to be tuned to do is your car begins to lose traction and then it's just like shrieking tires. The car sort of sliding around the corner. You're constantly like feathering the throttle, fighting the wheel, and you end up like just drifting through corners at high speed. And then you feel it sort of like regain traction the wheel sort of locks and then the you feel the bite of the tires as you are rocketing down the straight it feels awesome it's very uh fast and the furious and that is what a lot of grid is trying to get at there are different types of racing in this in this game so you have uh you can race like old-fashioned stock cars not like modern nascars but i'm talking about like 60s uh, American muscle cars on kind of crude oval tracks. And those feel incredible. Like usually I'm not an oval racing kind of guy, but the speed, the danger of those cars, the ridiculous uh, power you're sort of wrestling with all feels really incredible. But if you want to play something a little bit more about just like pure driving technique, you can do uh you know, GT car races on European, uh, like F1 circuits, basically. And grid tries to be a convincing enough approximation of all those different types of racing, uh, to feel good without totally making you invest kind of like racing sim levels of practice and training to, to access it. Uh, I roughly liked the the balance it struck. I also think that they do go a little bit hard with the <laughs> with the graphics effects. The other thing that Grid loves to do is um really dramatic like sunset races with ridiculous like HDR bloom <laughs> effects. So you're like, you know, you you turn you turn a corner and you're racing into the sun and you just like literally can't see anything. Like you just you are seeing a little bit of the racetrack 
to the sides of you. But as far as what you are racing towards, you are just trying to you're you're dimly glimpsing some silhouettes ahead of you <laughs> and you can't see anything else uh the same sim, something similar happens with rain where the rain will like create weird sheens on the racing surface and you start to get dazzled i don't know how i feel about this because it is so much more dramatic than you really ever see it's it, it had you know it's very much like um old Unreal Engine tech demo type graphics. The thing I was literally going to say, Rob, was it sounds like you're describing what always happens when, uh, you know, a a new generation hits and developers have access to new types of visual effects for the first time. They're like, dial that shit to 11. Ray tracing. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. Next, when when ray tracing really hits broad, we're going to, like, House of Mirrors, the game, just constant (laughs) reflections all over the place, nonstop. And honestly, I can't wait. Yeah, and so that's the thing I'm torn about. It. Like sometimes I'm sometimes I say, "Oh, this is too much," but on the, other, on the other hand, like doing a street race in Shanghai in like a driving rainstorm, and just the sheer terror of that entire race—three laps of constantly just having buildings sort of loom out of the squall—and realize like, "Oh, I've got to turn left," <laughs> and just like you know, spike the brake, throw it into like a skid. Uh, cars are piling up behind you. The other things they've done here that are a little different. They've um oh so another point of comparison. Do you remember the Need for Speed Shift games? Yeah, I never got around to them, but I do remember watching footage. I'm pretty sure we did a podcast, Robert, where you and I sat and Kato sat and talked through the entire like Need for Speed library as we were talking about the new one, <laughs> trying to figure out the different arcs of the shift games. Right. Because they shifted But if you between. missed that conversation, so Need for Sh- Need for Speed <laughs> Need for uh, began as a pure arcade racing series. No. Uh, so the shift games were very much about trying to gamify good racing. Mm. So if you nailed each apex, like each corner, right? Like the correct entry angle, maintain the right line, the right speed through the corner, it would sort of high five you at the end of it and be like perfect corner. And you would get like <laughs> points for that. And those games did feel pretty good. Also because the racing model was probably even more dramatic than, uh, than grids, but it was all about sort of, points and achievements would sort of shower on you as you did cool racing shit. What if Peggle had a stick shift basically? Yeah. Well, grid is grid has gone in the Peggle direction. Oh boy. Like literally grid begins awarding you points for shifting gears. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like I'm, I'm I'm sitting there (laughs) with the, um, I've got like, uh, you know, the I, I'm, I'm using the racing wheel. So it's got the sequential paddle shifters. Of course. And every time I like hit the shift at the right RPM uh, for, for, for the upshift, mm. the game is like awesome shift. <laughs> and if you do it again, it's like <gasps> consecutive shifts. <laughs> and like you do it a third time as you go down the straight. It's like, oh, my God, ultra shift. And you get like hundreds of points for that. That sounds but awesome. Yeah, it sounds great. Kind of is. Like an I'm like the only mechanic, but for shifting, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. nailed that shift. Yeah, mega combo. Yeah. No, it sounds like you're playing Unreal Tournament. Yeah, right? uh-huh. it's like yeah, or like NBA Jam. Right, this is like the NBA Jam of racing games, and it does this even when you fuck up, like egregiously. <laughs> That's the other thing. Uh. Is like so it will if you take a corner perfectly. Or you run a perfect lap. In addition to all the things for like clean corner, 
perfect line. Uh, perfect shift. In, in addition to all the points you get along the way, you'll get clean sector. Perfect uh, lap. Right. Clean lap. Mm. But. Clean faces. <laughs> <laughs> but the game also likes it if you get a little bit dirty. Ooh. And so if you just see a corner that you are not going to make, you can't slow down in time. But instead, you throw the car into a drift and use someone else's car as kind of a bounce pad to redirect. Oh, you mean play a racing game? Yeah, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The game is like, oh, shit. Awesome collision. Good pass. I, you know yeah. what, Rob? Hell you know yeah. what? No. Because like, I wish the game actually said, I was like, oh, dog, you <laughs> fucked up that car. I got him. <laughs> got him. Yeah. Oh, like got him. Yeah. <laughs> So, but the, uh, but the thing they've added to both encourage and discourage that is if you like you're driving against AI drivers, if you screw with them too hard, they become your nemesis. And that doesn't mean the nemesis system has finally come. And all that means is like, it doesn't mean like beat your nemesis in the race. No, no, no. It's not about that. It means this AI's priority now is not winning. It is fucking you up. <laughs> yes. And so like that car where, uh, where the other AI driver, AI drivers like might just like rub bumpers through a corner, but will roughly like be fighting for position cleanly. This, the, your nemesis AIs will prioritize just like smashing you into a wall. Oh my God. And it's, it gets really intense when you realize that like that guy you screwed with, his car is like faster on straights than yours is. And so you can't shake him. Like he's always <laughs> right there. And so you're constantly thinking, okay, uh, how am I going to approach this corner in a way that there's no way he can just like <laughs> smash me in the rear quarter panel and dump me into a spin because they will do that. They will do that constantly. Uh, so there are moments where you end up in this like uh dual like situation where you're just being hunted by someone like an AI that is just like driving a pure road rage in a Viper and will just destroy you at the first opportunity. It's and so you're trying to win a race. Right. right. You're trying to win a race that is still ostensibly presented in with the visual quality of a racing sim. But meanwhile, like fucking Moloch Brach, your orcish nemesis have, have pulled up <laughs> behind you and is flashing his lights yeah. at you. Like, Love it, yeah, Great. dude. Sometimes they flash their lights. Yeah, like, you, 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 like you're driving, you're driving, and you like look up and you realize someone's flickering their oh. their high beams at you really quickly, and uh, it's like uh, I I need to be careful how I take this corner um, <laughs> because they will they will just screw with you. I played a multiplayer session of this, by the way. Spe- speaking of people screwing with you, I played a multiplayer session uh-huh. uh, this week. And uh, it was fun. It was good. Uh, somehow we had gotten preview code like two days before this multiplayer session. One of the people there was like level 99 in the game. I think they uh. like it was they had all the cars unlocked. Oh. And uh, I I looked them up. I don't think they were a I don't think they got any sort of like special access different from mine. I think they just fucking love racing games. <laughs> so they were uh, they were cleaning house. But. There was this one, this one guy, and every race, he was, like, causing accidents. And for the last race of the day, he was, like, 
he because he had the best connection, he decided all we we were like, hey, let's let's have him host the races. For the last race of the day, he was like, hey, let's do a 13 lap NASCAR uh, stock car race around Indy. Full damage. And I was like, I don't know. It seems uh, pretty ambitious given how we've been doing today. Because like we've been we've been doing like damage off all day, which is the only reason this had worked at all, right? right. People were driving sloppy. They were screwing up. Uh, like I I barely played most of these most of these uh, courses, so it was it was all pretty new. So we needed sort of the for the the buffer of no damage to make it fun. But for this last race, he's like, let's do full damage. Okay. Understand, I'm talking about ethics here. If you are going to say, let's play a racing game with full damage, uh-huh. you got to actually take that seriously. Did, did he not? Did the guy who suggested it not take it seriously? No, he did, he changed nothing about how he approached the race. And so after one and a half laps around Indy, I am slowing to go into turn three, <laughs> uh, finishing a straight. And there's these crash barriers uh, sort of arrayed along the inside of, uh, of the infield. And I begin to ease off just a little bit before entering the banking for the turn. Uh, as I do that, so, like – the dude just runs up behind me and because I'm already in a turn, he hits me at an angle in the back of my car and launches me at like 150, 160 miles an hour into a concrete barrier and takes me out. Like the car is like my car's total. There's nothing I can do. Uh, the car is just completely rockets into a barrier is destroyed. And there's like 13 laps, laps left of this race. I was a little annoyed, but whatever shit happens. I start watching, though, the rest of the race because I'm spectating. Mm-hmm. And the dude in crashing into me like that had trashed his suspension and tire. So, like, his car was sort of driving at a sideways angle because the left front was, like, broken. Okay. <laughs> and he was still, like, racing people. Like, his car was do- was going, like, 30 miles an hour, like, slower than everyone else's. He's still racing people. And he starts, like, because he can't turn – He's just kind of like swaying drunkenly around <laughs> the, the, the track oh. and starts causing more accidents. Right. And As people probably try to like swerve to get out of his way because they yeah. don't want to fuck up their own cars. Great. Well, people didn't even like – so the, the thing was people were – he was getting lapped and people didn't realize like that he was oh. not even in this anymore. So he's getting lapped. And he like he's starting to race them as they're trying to get past him to go a lap ahead on him. And he starts like fighting that. And when I started to realize that we were dealing with just just a a, a monster, really, <laughs> just just the just history's greatest monster um, is when his car was so broken that like he had bounced like he had he got in multiple more accidents he'd bounced up into the top of the banking ricocheted off that and like bare like almost stalled the car on the infield and you hear the car the engine like struggling to stay to to keep fire and then he manages to get it going again and drives straight out into traffic <laughs> yes. and like wipes out the dude in the lead 
great. <laughs> Incredible. Love to be a it spoiler. Was... <laughs> Love to just be the person wrecking everyone else's day. Except, well, I guess, it, except yeah, the person was the... who was in second, who I guess skirted by to victory, presumably. That person was a robot. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Well, congrats like, to the robot. Probably... <laughs> congrats to the robot. But yeah, it was like one of those things where I was like, the dude like kept being like, lol, aren't I a puckish uh, creature of fun and whimsy? As he like fucked up again and again. And I was sitting there like, actually, you might suck. <laughs> like, you seem like a nice guy, but like, what are you doing here? Like, you can't. I love that this, you, Rob, I love how badly this person has got under your skin. <laughs> Just, this is like a splinter in your side right now. Ha- well, it have was you like, spoken this, to this is- person since? Have you, have you pulled them aside? Have you been like, listen, <laughs> that behavior is unbecoming. No, you, you no, like, you, like this person's a stranger to me. You, you have one chance with me like that. Like, no, this person's dead. <laughs> you have declared your nemesis, and it's this guy. Or no, it isn't. It actually, yeah, you're like, I much. moved. You've like, fuck him. You're not. You're not even my nemesis. I'm never gonna oh, think about you. No, again. no. Rob is the kind of person who's like, I've moved on, <laughs> and then just stirs about it the rest of the day. He claims that he's moved on. I'm not thinking like. Like, I'm not angry at all. I'm laughing about this while the whole time is just fucking stewing on the fourth beer. I'm fine. This is no big deal. Look, this was three days ago. I think you can tell I'm great about it right now. Um, It's all good. Pours another beer. But but it was but it, it was also kind of interesting, though, because. In F1 2019, they've sort of joined this movement to create slightly curated multiplayer where the games sort of observe how you race. And depending on whether you're racing like cleanly and fairly with other competitors, you get sorted into different matches versus if you're kind of, uh, you know, an asshole. And that's a less extreme version of what things like iRacing do, which is you can actually like sort of get yourself soft banned from real racing because you're not you're like right. you're ruining other people's experiences. Um, grid appears to be, which makes sense. It's an arcade game. Grid appears to be much more of a, Hey, just fire up quick match. And uh, you know, you get thrown into a server and it has certain settings and we'll see what happens. But it was kind of a immediate reminder of like, damn, there's reasons that type of matchmaking and racing games is catching on. Because racing games are a weird thing where there's only so much people can do to screw up like a shooter for their team. But racing games, like there's this huge range of interpretation of what do we mean? Like, what are we actually coming here to do? Like, what game are we playing? Right. Like, are we playing a racing game where it's about like race craft skill at being a racer? Or are we playing an arcade game where it's about abusing the physics and like taking advantage of like sort of the ricochet mechanics, which, which game are we playing grid supports both. And the mismatch that happened there was what that guy meant when he said, let's turn on damage was I want to see some awesome carnage. But what the rest of us in that session thought was like, okay, now we're doing this for real. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of funny that immediately reminded me of like, okay, yeah, this is why the solution of throwing everyone into the same bucket in racing game multiplayer is becoming kind of untenable. Is, is this something that you think that you'll stick with? Because I'm curious if that's this style of interaction risks 
like you not even engaging with the multiplayer once the full or like once the, the game is out in public. Do you know what I mean? Or is this a thing where you're like, yeah. you know, because yeah, it, it is. So right now the multiplayer felt a little situation. crude. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like, I am hoping that there's maybe some slightly more like, <sighs> slightly more granular options for choosing how, like what you are looking for when you, when you set up multiplayer matchmaking, uh, what we had was a pretty, there were, there were only a handful of us even who were in that multiplayer, uh, lobby system. So obviously it was going to be kind of a non-representative experience. Um, as far as I think the bigger problem is that grids fun, but, I was sitting there and it doesn't hold a candle to Codemasters other game F1 2019 if you're looking for that kind of experience. But if you're saying, well, okay, but what if I just want a cool arcade racer? I think it has, it ends up in kind of a weird competition with things like Forza Horizon. And, huh. but it's not a, it is not an open world. Yeah. It's not one of those things, right? Like it is just, you're saying the racing is arcadey in the same way, or is like <laughs> fires yeah. those endorphins in your brain. They're like, ah, I hit that fucking corner so good. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it, 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 I guess to me, it just doesn't feel like, um, grid, grid was cool. I've, I've kind of missed arcade racing games like this a bit, but I don't think it's been long enough between the last good one that this felt like a really welcome return to anything for me. Um, it was kind of cool to have a game sort of strike this middle ground and not be an open world game, uh, which to your point, Austin definitely has been the trend yeah. in arcade racing. Uh, but at the same time, like I did kind of struggle to figure out, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't like inspired by it. I guess is the way I put it. Gotcha. Well, I, it's a bummer that like that part of it maybe doesn't hold up, but it sounds like that the single player stuff is itself kind of a, a, a fun take on the genre. And it definitely in yeah. a space that I don't get to play around in that often. Like, it's like what you just said, right? That the, the games that skew this way have gone open world and that's, yeah. that can be good. But when I think about like, uh, I liked Forza Horizon 3 enough, um, but I didn't. it didn't get its claws into me, into me the way Burnout Paradise did. I really disliked Need for Speed Payback, as you might recall from my review, yeah. where I fucking just did my best to flay it alive. Um, <laughs> uh, and so it's, it's interesting to see, hey, well, what about just like a lap-based or point-to-point racer that is – gives you those physics, gives you that feeling and that excitement, but without needing to support the structure of a big open world game, which is actually really hard to do, it turns out. Well, you know, let me know if you keep playing it. Uh, I think we're going to take a break. When we come back... Hold on. You got news. I'm just going... Oh, no, no, no. Oh. I just want The news is that I want to make sure I point people to the video. Uh, there's a bunch of them on YouTube, but the, the, the one that I'm speaking about is called Daytona USA Karaoke Promotional Video... <laughs> With "Let's Go Away" performance, in which it has the um, the the singer uh, like does a, a really funny intro, and then like does like you know a live just in studio performance of the Daytona USA "Let's Go Away" track, and it's just great. It's just we. It's just given like these sort of like off kilter vocals that that track has to watch someone just do it live is incredible. So <laughs> I highly recommend it. I'll have to look that up, and then also hope to find that people have made edits that have added live 
backing band music. I want to hear the Daytona USA theme with a brass band. All right. <laughs> taking a break. When we come back. We have to talk about some PlayStation news stuff. Talk about Overland. Talk about some more games. We'll be back in a second. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Patrick, can we talk about Overland? Uh, Wait, is Ash dead? Ash, what? save it, save it to the end. Save it to the end. Then we'll go out on that. Otherwise, we're going to go on a twenty-five minute tangent. Wait, Rob. Like I, I Oops. thought about bringing. No, stop. We're not doing. Is looking at that Ash, tweet right now. What? We're not. He's not squall. Is Ash dead? Wait, hold on. Wait a second. Ash, wish Ash. Catch him. We, Stop, we're not, no, we're, we're, doing, we're going no, out on that tweet. You fucked up. Okay, yeah. It's too Rob, late. you, jeez, oh, fucking Christ. <laughs> Where's the tweet? Where? It's in the podcast channel. Where's the tweet? <laughs> it's in the podcast channel. Is it I feel like I'm video? talking to Jessica. It's this video. Like, dad, dad, I want to build a castle. Some okay, replies I'm are hidden taking by the a tweet shit. Author. Okay. Uh, what is, what's going to happen? Can put this up, Kato? Just uh, put it up. Oh, my God. Thank you, Rob, for bringing this to our attention. This is important, it seems. Uh, 21,000 retweets here. Uh, finally, some news is broken, you know, this week. I've, I've been waiting for the shoe to drop. And finally, this, we got you know, this it's, tweet. This is a, it's a video of a child watching the trailer for Rise of Ghosts, the new Rage 2 expansion. <laughs> so it's a video from know. Minor Rodriguez, Minor with a Y, Rodriguez with two Zs. Y'all I lie. don't know if this is his video or not. Yeah, oh, no, fair. it is. Yeah. If, so, no, it is. It is. Okay. Because okay. he's got the... There is the follow-up uh, saying that it's his nephew. Okay, so okay. this is not just a, a steel stolen tree. All right, All right ready let me hold on. Let me load it. Load it up. I'm worried about this. I, uh, hold on. Tweets are, are weird to line up the, the yeah, video. Yeah, it's a pain Okay, I'm hands. ready. All right, All ready? Right. Rob, yep. you ready? Yeah. All right. Three, two, one. Didn't play for me. Great. You okay? Three, two, one. Oh, yeah. When I had a full, full you know? it, wouldn't, it wouldn't do it. All right. Three, Robin. two. The child one. watching the you know original me? Pokemon movie. Robin. Oh, this little boy. Buddy. Aww. All the Pokemon are there. It's like Super Friends. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> no. God. Ash is okay, right? Yeah. He doesn't know that yet, though. As of right here, he's Ash just is fucking dead. Watching. Doesn't look fucking yeah. good, Kato. It, no, it's bad. He's it's gray. bad. Yo, he's I remember. Gray. I cried at this point, too. Wait. I was a kid when this fucking movie came out. Did Ash see the other... Is, did Ash, has Ash, does Ash know what happens when Ash you die? Ash has some fucking... Yeah, he, he, he has deep, dark knowledge that he can never talk about. Does this ever come up? No. 
How does it not? How does because it it's not? just Pokemon. Yeah, but if I died and the Pokemon <laughs> brought me back, I read a book about it. One, a. I'd go on a book tour. You catch me on Good Morning America, you think Good someone... Morning Kanto region. I'm out here. I'm here to talk to you about where Pokemon heaven. You'd think someone with the secrets to, you know, the afterlife would have won a fucking league sooner than he did. Maybe this is it, though. Maybe the th- maybe he saw the future and saw he never won. Right. And then it was like every time before. Or he, he could have. What if he's just like benevolent that way? Uh, like, I could have, but I you know what? at any point. I know because I know that I could have. Hey, it's what fine. happened to Ash's face? Is it's, this a new style? What's, yeah, it's just a new... It's okay. weird. People don't know the cartoon, the anime. There's it's a new fine. Anime. It's fine. I mean, they need to change something about it. It's been well, they running for a million movie, years. Right? It's, a, it's a redo of the first film? Right? Is, that, is, is that what's being watched here? No, this is the original. The redo's oh, in the 3D. Oh. The new, the new oh, one's in oh, 3D? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, like 3D. Okay. It, it, that, that one's even weirder. Wait, you were talking about the 2D face, I'm right? I'm talking about the 2D face. Yeah, the 2D face change is like just different style. It's like Did y'all fine. see the new face? Did you see the 3D face? No, show me the 3D face. Yo, look face. up the 3D face. I'm going to put the 2D, the new 2D face in chat. Uh, I don't um, like it. It looks bad. Ash Ketchum 3D. Oh, no, I don't like that at all. <laughs> right? the, the 3D face is worse. What do you mean? Where is it? What's it? Is it a 3D movie? Um, no, what is it called? Uh, oh, that's not good. It's actually not? what happened to Pikachu there? Like, none of, nothing there look looks all good. Model, yeah. Look Pikachu at the, look looks at the closer. What's look the, at the what's complete like the, lack of depth between them too? Like, uh, what's the dead Pikachu or like not the dead? You know, the one that looks like a like Mimikyu. an abandoned yeah Mimic. Yeah, looks yeah. closer to that one than. Oh, this uh, looks terrible. Oh, oh, he's this. making a face there too. His his mouth is usually not that. Is low. this it, Kato? Is it is it this Did image? This this three pro- D. I don't mind this three D. Like oh, that, that that's one's a, all right. That, hold oh, on though. Find so angry. find one with the teeth. Okay, that's <laughs> a bad. Okay, <laughs> not that's sure you want to do that to your. Find algorithm. one with the teeth. Yeah, I'm not sure you want to. Uh, would I just Ash Ketchum 3D movie teeth? <laughs> I think so. I'm just doing Ash Ketchum teeth. No. I'm just looking for Ash Ketchum teeth. This is Show how you get in trouble. Me. I don't want to see the teeth. At, oh at I can't po- find it. Pokemon teeth movie. You know what? You find this. I just brought looking, up a Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> We're going to talk about other stuff. You tell me when you find the teeth. Um, you know what has teeth, Patrick? The fucking monsters of the undead or the of the post apocalypse that keep fucking killing me in over. Do they have teeth or do they have guess, spikes? They got spikes, I guess. Some of them have spikes coming out of their mouths, though. But they are spikes. Uh, we were talking about Overland. Uh, yeah, over, oh yeah, the Overland's latest game new, by Finji. Uh, has uh, had Adam uh, Saltzman done uh, like a proper game since Cannibal in this? Finji became a publisher, and so Finji as a right, publisher yeah. had put he's stuff out. had his hands in a lot of things since Cannibal, but um, I don't know if he's actually no, released like, I don't a know if game either, since Either Adam or Rebecca did have done anything. Let me see. I, I actually don't and, know. And this game has been kicking around for a long time, like four years, I want to say. Like a lo- at least. At least, because I bought it. It was like one of the first things I bought on Itch like forever ago. Was a was like an alpha build of this, you know? Um, I didn't know they published it had a much different art style a while ago. Um, anyway, it's, it's yeah, Overland. Yeah, it's uh, out on a bunch of platforms, um, including Apple Arcade. Um, sort of the release was sort of tied to Apple Arcade because Adam sort of got on the map with Cannibalt, and that's sort of like what really propelled his career. That game was a huge success in the early days of the App Store, and although it didn't invent the Endless Runner, it 
certainly probably popularized it as a like mainstay on on mobile mm-hmm. games and mm-hmm. also the public music. consciousness huh also the music oh yeah it, it was a great I, uh, cannibal was i as i wrote in a piece about apple arcade yesterday was like sort of cemented like oh you could reinvent genres in a way that were make sense on a touchscreen. And like, that was like a clever <coughs> recontextualization of like the platformer. Um, and uh, Overland is as far as away as you can get away from that, but is sort of a minimalist roguelike about some sort of apocalypse in which, uh, I don't know, you know, sp- spiky like creatures have emerged from the ground and the world is in a bad place. And uh, Overland you're basically trying to get from one stop to the next. Like gas is like the most important currency to get from one stop to the next. So like you'll finish a a map and then you, based on the amount of your gas, you can go to X amount of places and you're trying to go from the East Coast to the West Coast. Um, and it's uh, it's a turn-based game on really tiny maps. Extremely Very tiny. like Yeah. Like to the point where like maybe – you know, I only played one round because I finished one round and didn't want to, didn't never want to play this when game you say again. Finished, you, uh, you got you, you, you didn't. I died. Yeah, yeah, I made okay. it through like six, you know, like six areas, sure. or, or something like that, and then uh, made two, made two moves, and those moves doomed me. And it was like, okay, if that's how quickly this falls apart, I'm not sure I want to touch it again. But yeah, it's a, it's a game where like, uh, you know, turn-based strategy game, survival. You know, you're scrounging for gas for weapons for med kits for all sorts of other stuff and but I, like it's hard to convey how small these like individual mass spaces are where like some of the really early ones and this is all i was exposed to is i don't know what happens you know an hour into a run like it could be what 10 spaces like 10 squares across a grid both I, horizontal and vertical yeah i think it's a 10 um, by 10 or something like that um uh, I think the thing they're also very constrained maps. Uh, your characters can only move a couple of spots, basically, uh, with their with their movement. Maybe three. I, maybe yeah, three maybe squares three, at most. Uh, three if you count diagonals for sure. You know, like sure. Um. Uh. But the I think <clears throat> three maybe. Um. But they're also just filled with like debris or broken cars or dumpsters to search. You know, uh, barrels on fire, buildings, and so that ten by ten is really constricted. And by the once you by the end of the first set of levels, uh, the kind of like East Coast levels, you're getting a lot of enemies on screen. Um, and it's a thing where you move all your characters, then all the enemies move, and then you move all of your characters, and all the enemies move. And, and the enemies are attracted to sound. So yes. if you kill one, then and they're not especially like the the grunt type enemies are not that difficult to like use a stick or a pipe to take out. But the moment you kill them, then like two more might start to spawn on the map and it might take two or three turns for them to emerge from the ground. But it's not the sort of thing where it's like, cool, like I'll just take care of this one enemy, scout out like whatever else is here and get out of here. Like basically like once you enter a map, you're almost trying to exit as soon as you can. Yes. It's basically just like get stuff, get out. It's not about getting everything. It's about hoping luck favors you in the couple of things you choose to check out and then ghosting as quickly as, as, quickly you, can. as you can. Because it's just yeah. – because you could – if you spend too much time – and by too much time, I mean like a couple of minutes on a map, you could suddenly have seven enemies 
and your 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 characters are so can so quickly die. They basically what two hits, two so hits. like a grunt enemy um, before they're out, and even a med kit will only recover like one of the two like health bars. Um, and they, using a med kit uses up one of your movements for the turn. Yeah, and you <laughs> yeah. can't use them in between rounds, which is one of my biggest one of my biggest complaints is that as far as I could tell, in between maps, like. Fictionally and visually, you like camp out between locations you go to. Mm-hmm. It's like, why can't I use my my uh, mechanics toolkit to repair my car during that period? Why can't I use my med kit to heal my people during that period? It's already a very difficult game. It it feels in por- in parts like um like competitive Sokoban or something the kind of push pull puzzles because so much of this game is about clearing space for your car to cross across the map and to make sure obviously to make sure that like you have all of the resources you need um and so it's a very stressful game is really what i'm saying it's a very like tense game where every step that you make feels like you could fu- you'd be fucking up um and you'd be hyper conscious about the moves you're making and so it's like oh i just wish i just wish that it it gave me the opportunity just gave me the 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 one favor of using a med kit between levels so that I don't have to waste a turn as soon as I start the next level. And maybe that's betraying some of like the the ethos of the game in some way. But let me give give me this one little tiny thing. Um there's a lot but that it's I think so it's so punishing. I mean, like yes. there the, the the map in which I died where you're it would have gotten me to like the next slate of levels was like, oh, you you take your car to this area and there's a um uh like a barrier in between like getting the car to the other side sure seems like that car could just drive through it but for whatever reason it seems like i need to hit it with some objects in order to like break it and like get the car uh around um and every time i hit it it caused noise more enemies and it just seemed like i was doomed from the start reading some like reviews where people have spent like more hours with this game. Like the like larger critical analysis is that you can have runs where it's just the numbers are against you. Yes. Like maybe there's a path through, but actually what a lot of people resorted to is just quit, re-roll, try to get a favorable outcome and then see how far you can get. I just, I found the oppressiveness of the difficulty, <clears throat> the lack of, of ability to uh, respond to like getting pushed into a corner in which like, no, you're just in the corner. Like it's just over. Like in that map where I was trying to get the, the, the barrier out of the way, like I made two moves where it was like, that's it. Like there's no get like sacrifice one person. Like it's just, I'm surrounded by six enemies that that's it. And there, you can't undo a move. Like you can't to the extent that if you move a character to a space, you can undo before you like commit to the end of the turn but that's all the leeway the game gives you. And I like playing stressful games. I'm okay with games that have like an incredible amount of difficulty and that it is built around them. But I found the, the, I, I wasn't getting enough out of Overland. And I, you know, obviously I'm saying I only played, you played more runs than I did. I only played one, but it was like the one run was like, I got so little out of it that I was like, I'm good. Like there are so many things to play that I don't need, I, I'm not even interested in seeing what more I could get out of it. 
It is, yeah, it, it's it's frustrating. Um, I think it's like a great look. I think like it's vision, it's like version of these kind of like post-apocalyptic <laughs> dioramas that you're able to like mm-hmm. zoom around. There's a cool little photo mode that you can bring to it too, and like you can get some cool shots. Like it's it's. I like the character design. I like the I like the enemy design and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, to your point about the oppressiveness, I kept getting into these spirals where the game would neither kill me nor let me progress. Um, the thing that the thing that ends up happening is your car can get damaged. So like you can try to drive through some of those barricades. Your car has two hit points also. And after that, uh. it will blow up. And so I was doing this thing where I was like getting out of the car, running to the end of the map, the exit point, at which point it will put you on a new map with all your characters and you'll need to get a car, fuel the car and then escape. But it's like the middle of the night and the darkness is brutal in this game. Uh, where you can't see more than a couple spots in front of you unless you have uh, a flashlight or a, uh, 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 what do you call it, a, a flare. Um, and or you find a generator. Yes. And like I remember I, f- I found one generator, turn the generator on, the generator makes noise, yeah. alerts enemies, and then also my generator started breaking down yep, and exploding. Yep. Uh, and I was like, cool. All right, well – this is all terrible. Um, well, like, <laughs> time and to I'm, get out of here, like I guess. you, I like difficult games. I, I would be happy with this, the game. It's like, ah, oh, it's all about trade-offs that you make. But one, there's not a lot of sure. transparency in what those trade-offs are. It's not like you turned on the There's the no thing. tutorial in this game either. Yeah. Like, the game just dumps you in. And I was like, did I miss? Like, I exited the game, and I was like, oh, I m- must have missed something. Like, I don't even know how to interact with things in this game. And it's like, nah. Go. So, like, the, the fact that you could... The fact that you could uh, drive through that barrier, I didn't even know that I, probably what I was supposed to do in that area was not get out and try and hit the barrier. It was no. probably I was supposed to drive through, sacrifice the hit point of the car and and leave. I think the but, thing is, Patrick, I think the way it works is you can ram the barrier, which will destroy it, but stop the car, which means – and this has happened to me – it leaves you open to attack if there's an enemy nearby. Like you, it is it is fourth dimension, four dimensional chess in the sense of like you need to guess what the enemy. It's not into the breach, right? It's not slay the spire. You have no idea what right. the enemies are going to do outside of they're attracted to sound, and if they see you, they're going to try to come and kill you. They're not like it's not like they, they only respond to sound. They mm. will like rush right. you down and kill you. Um, and so I kept getting to these points where I was like bouncing from map to map. If you, the other thing is when you escape the map on foot, that does not advance you to the next like zone or the next time. So I was like stuck in the middle of the night going from map to map to map, never able to get a car. (laughs) And it just like fucking kill me. Like by the end of that run, I was for real just skipping turns. Just like, all right, just come fucking kill me. Just like I, they're never going to be able to catch up to me as I bounce from thing to thing, but I'm never going to have the time to find a gas can fill this car, get my people into the car and get them out. And it was just miserable in this way that I I want a game to push me to that to that point and then for me to like pull the plane up just before I crash, right? Like mm-hmm. roguelikes can do that really well where they're like, oh my God, I'm down to my last potion or I'm down to like some unknown item. I have found this weird scroll I'm going to read. Who knows? Or you tried a big do. gambit. You're like, right. all right, here we're going to go. Totally. This is what, this is going to pay off. Hail Mary pass. Yeah. Instead, it feels like you you can get like two turns in and it's like, you're already at that point. Right. And you have no, and but you don't have a Hail Mary to throw. Right. Like that, like usually these games that are like resource constrained, you know, and you can die early. It's usually because you make a really nasty strategic blunder early. But in, in Overland, I was constantly <laughs> feeling like, I don't feel like I did anything wrong and I'm already fucked in a way that was, didn't feel uh, sort of like in line with 
where that usually happens, where like a surprise death, not on, you know, something where it feels out of your control or even unfair is part and parcel with, with playing these games. Yeah. But it felt like that was happening so early in the process relative to getting a little bit deeper, learning something about your characters or the game. Then you apply that to the next run. And it just, you know, it just didn't, the, the, the balance of that seemed like really off for the early game, especially. What you guys are saying reminds me a lot of like how I felt about the flame and the flood, mm. which was a game I wanted to like a lot more than I did um, because it, it had at least to me a similar sort of I think there's also some aesthetic similarities between them. Like if you look yeah. at if you look up flame and the flood and then uh, this game, it I, I think they even sort of echo each other's styles uh, a, a little bit. Uh, but there were so many ways to hobble yourself in flame and the flood. But was what was not clear was how do I break out of the death spiral? Like, what is the thing that I do here? Yeah. What, what, what is my hail Mary pass to escape this? Because if the best I can hope for is to sort of uh, chunk back on a linear scale, some of the progress I've lost, but then I can just get screwed and have all of that and more uh, like lost or be put in a hole that's deeper than that, then it begins to feel like not necessarily futile, but it does begin to feel like you, you either have a blessed run or you don't, but it's not entirely in your hands, whether not even not entirely, it's hardly, it feels like it's hardly at all in your hands, whether or not you can, you can pull that out. That is definitely how this feels. Like it, 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 I did probably four runs, maybe five. Um, and there was one that was just like bad from the start because of the way enemies spawned in, uh, like two missions in. It was like, well, I can spend, I could just get back in the car and drive and have wasted three fuel to get here. And that is the only way I'm going to get out of this without taking a hit on me or one of my characters or my car. Uh, or uh, uh, another run where it was like, well, I immediately got a, a person recruit. I got a dog recruited. I got a fourth person recruited. I got a bigger car with bit better like uh, resource, uh, more inventory slots, and like I didn't work for that. I wasn't rewarded that because and 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 to be clear, I'm happy with with you know randomization in games, but there should be that balance of like okay, I'm gonna make good with the hand that was dealt to me. Uh, I'm going to do my best with what I got. And maybe there's a blessed run every now and then. You're like, yes. But the the kind of average across all of these runs was so low that the, even the blessed tier, like the story I told before about going from screen to screen to screen uh, in the dark, that was my blessed tier run. It still devolved to people running in the dark. And here's the other thing. if the If this was a game that was like, I, we, I want this game to be oppressive. I want you to feel like the connect to these characters in this trying moment. Then I, I would want there to be more in with regard to the characters in the world. So like, these are characters who have like a name, a factoid, maybe a skill. I, oh, this character can jumpstart a car. This character can pick a lock. This one went to med school. This one's a dog. And there's not enough there to where like this person's a dog. This, this bark, is a, bark. listen that dog Charles being Barkley, a dog is a personality. Austin. <laughs> the dog can wear a hat. And you, you're the dog can wear you're can a dog. A weapon. And you're a dog. Is yeah. it a? It's a it's a nice dog. The dog can do basically everything. The dog is great at recruiting people. 
100% chance of recruiting people. If a dog comes up to you and goes like, Rawr, and then you go, oh, yeah, I guess I'm going to survive the post-apocalypse with you. Uh, very useful dog. <laughs> Boy, has that dog got news for you. <laughs> no, you are not. <laughs> the dog is just like, I'm going to get these dumb assholes to follow me. And then I'm going to eat them when things go bad. <laughs> They're going to be asleep and then I'm going to devour them. Um, yeah, it's like it doesn't do that stuff particularly well either. And so which I uh, real quick, I want to shout out a game called Crying Sons that I started playing this week, which is uh, an FTL style uh, game with the combat isn't as good. It's kind of like tactical grid based real-time pause stuff where you can kind of send out squadrons of fighters. It's sort of like grim, dark FTL. It's like somewhere on the line between like ancillary justice, which I think is really good. And like the grimmest 40 K shit possible. I guess it's sort of like, it's very clearly pulling on Dune. Like one of the characters last names is Idaho. So like very clearly it's pulling Mm. on, on that style of like the, the immortal emperor. Uh, and uh, you're, you're in charge of this giant capital ship. Uh, and that game has mysteries that I'm curious about. That game, unlike Overland, I have like from the jump is like, oh shit, what's going on here? Why did all the technology shut down across the Galactic Empire? Like, okay, I'm, I'm in this weird compromised position because I'm working for what feels like the, the baddies because they're, they're a weird intergalactic empire. But also the people who've sprouted up to fill the power vacuum are also really shitty. Okay, how can I help this little this crew and blah, blah, blah. That game also has its own problems. I, I don't think it's transparent enough with uh, some of its design. I don't think that like the actual like uh, combat challenges or exploration challenges in that game are particularly fun or or uh, challenging or you know give you the thing where you oh I know how I would have won that this next time I've learned a lesson from this next time I will do X Y Z. It doesn't do any of that stuff great, but unlike Overland, it does give me a world where I'm like yo, what's going on here? I'm curious about. What is behind the next, you know, story beat? Um, Overland just doesn't make me connect to the characters in any way. Uh, the way that even a proc gen game, where it's just like the right col- collection of attributes, can make me go like, "Oh, I really loved that soldier in XCOM," or "I really loved," and you know, me, I'm going to fill in the gaps a little bit. This doesn't even give me enough to do that. Even me, enough to care about my soldiers in, in Overland. Um, so I don't know. It's 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 a tough one. I was really looking forward uh, to it and so bummed to see it come out like this. Or the, the other yeah. comparison to make really quick, just because I have to, is it's not that I want Overland to be XCOM. I don't want it to be a thing where you can get combat solutions every time. Invisible sure. Ink is one of my favorite games. That is a game where you were almost always better off avoiding fights than fighting them. Um, and I was hoping for something like that. And it's just like not quite there, especially in the shadow of Into the Breach, which is such a good single screen tactics game. Yeah. Uh, the one, one last thing I'll make is uh, – so I, I played on Apple Arcade mm. and uh, I have a uh, last-gen Apple or Apple TV, not the like 4K one I think that came out last year. And I think this game is built in Unity and uh, it runs like very poorly on like the Apple TV, um, which makes me wonder – there's been some theories that Link's Awakening also runs on Unity and that may huh. be some of the explanation for some of the performance issues because um, Unity historically has had – uh, despite being like a really versatile and like excellent tool for a lot of developers, like has historically had performance problems. So um, just a small thing. It was like, gave me, but, but gave me some worries that it was like, well, if a game like Overland is having trouble, you know, other games might have trouble on a, on a device like that. So, yeah. Um. Well, 
maybe that's uh i'm still curious to see what finji ends up doing uh, after this it has such a good style um uh, hopefully they they mm-hmm. develop something else that has a similarly cool look and and take another swing at it uh there certainly have been very it successful could also as a, it's also a game that with some small tweaks yeah. and patches yeah. could probably i'd be happy to revisit uh, it honestly. address some of those issues yeah definitely um kato has taken my vision of you away sorry what why what's going on did you get Ash, I found I, I found the teeth. You found the teeth. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in podcasts. Okay. okay. I'm gonna look at these teeth. Enjoy the teeth. I don't really like that sentence. Mm, it gets worse the more I look at it. Gets yeah. worse. <laughs> My yeah. first, uh, first gonna, blush, I was like, oh, that's just. But now I'm looking at it and I dislike eat Pikachu. <laughs> I don't love it. Uh, it's a little bit like um. Like haunted mannequin, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh huh. Like a haunted dummy, yeah. Like haunted, du- like yeah. Like that's that, that's a Pokemon. That's right? supposed to be his mouth, but for some reason that the 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 cavity looks flat in a way, like it's painted on or something. It's disturbing. This is the moment <laughs> where the Pokemon realized that Ash has been infected and didn't tell anyone, <laughs> and he bites Pikachu, and now Pikachu's gonna be a zombie, and oh, everyone's like horrified. Fucking the truth about the Pokerus. Uh, no one gets that reference. I'm sorry. Ooh, good Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like I that. Posted, I posted an image from Dead Silence, oh, which is an early James Wan yeah. uh, film that is. Uh, sub- That's Ash. It did not. It did not review very well when it oh, came Jesus out. Jesus um, Christ! But is I think is a uh, high quality. If you're into puppet horror, um, <laughs> most, most. I'm just saying. Let me. Slight aside, most uh, puppet horror these days, which is absolutely a subgenre of the of horror, the puppets don't move. Like they're just like Annabelle. Also, like puppet doesn't move. It's just there being spooky in the corner, and it's like move those goddamn puppets. Yeah, that sounds good. Puppet movie. I don't like puppets. I'm not a fan. They don't move at all, or like they only move when you don't look. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like Annabelle creeping in the corner, standing, Chucky moved, turn away. Right? Oh, yeah. Chucky, Chucky was, Chucky like, running around with a fucking yeah, knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Is, that like in a, is that, like, an aesthetic choice where, like, look, the secret to good puppet horror now is it looks corny as hell when that puppet moves and, like, does shit. So how can you make yeah, the you puppet need to either Yeah, you need to just, own it. Right? Yeah, you need yeah. to either, like, own it where it's, like, kind of B-movie adjacent or, like, everyone just, like... I mean, I, hey, you go watch the uh, like Child's Play one and two. Like they own it. Like they own the fact that like okay, it's a little goofy, but we're gonna like make up for it in style and like the character's sort of iconic voice. But yeah, most of the time they just say, "I don't know, make a spooky demon in the corner," and the the puppet's just there to sort of instigate that. But Dead Silence, pretty good movie. Sounds anyway. sounds all right. Did y'all watch this state of play this week? Yeah. yeah. What what do you what's what all was in it? Because I missed bits of it. I have a list up in front of me. I know here's what I know. I know Wadham, just without looking at this list. I know Wadham has a date. That's December. December. Right? I know mm-hmm. Last of Us has a date. And also seems like it's fridging a lesbian, a queer woman. Uh great. Fantastic. Wow. Uh what else do I know? I know there's a controller that has baby fluid. Baby goo controller! Don't say that phrase again. Um, I love it. The Death Stranding controller. Or yeah. Death Stranding it's too bad Death you can't you can't buy it separately, right? You have to buy the whole is it, like, it's PS4. A, it's just that color, right? Yeah. It doesn't have fluid in it. I mean, 
You could put fluid in there. No, it wouldn't work. <laughs> Stop working as a controller. I'm sure there's fluid that, uh, you know, electronics can work in. That exists, right? <laughs> give some, give someone time. They will before that <laughs> like actually a, comes out. They will make an, a a a knockoff that has or yeah, or exactly or what was you just put it in the the the, the spots where the the motor under the motors right. where the rumble happens, right. and you just swirl it around that liquid. Oh, I didn't realize there was a baby in there. There's mm-hmm. actually just the baby is in there. I wait, don't like it. What? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Where? In the bottom left-hand side of it. No. Oh, wait. Did they just add it? Wait, they you, added no, it. No, they added they it. Added that's it. a gif. That's a, that's a, that, uh, that's a Photoshop. That's an edit. That's a Photoshop. That's a shame. <laughs> I would have loved it even more. If there was just a baby if in there. If there was just a baby in there. <laughs> no, it's just the color of... And also, uh, a thing you don't see super often anymore, the, the you know, clear plastic. Yeah. Which is nice. Like the late nineties vibes. Yeah. I don't like this piss controller. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> the color is very It's evocative. <laughs> um before we dive into like the Last of Us stuff, which is probably worth at least a, a brief conversation, was there anything else worth shouting out from the Humans? Humanity. Humanity. Right? Which I don't know what that is. I don't uh, know. Yeah, I but got... I like I generally trust uh so it's like it's basically uh uh Zaguchi, you know, of Rez. Yeah. Uh, him okay. helping get another game published cool. by was like someone you know. So it's like probably going to be in you know it's probably going to be VR. You know I think they've said like it's a lot of his stuff has VR focus and a lot of this stuff is you know <clears throat> you know music adjacent or at least it'll be like aesthetically interesting. Like I, yeah, the trailer doesn't tell you very much about what that is other than it's like sort of some sort of crowd. Right. Like simulation experience. It reminds but, me of I don't kids. know. If, if Mizuguchi yeah. thought it looks cool, then I'm I'm in. Um, and there is there was also like a PSVR like a handful of stuff, including uh, LA Noir PSVR thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I mentioned on Twitter. I find it so fascinating. I would wonder to know, want to know the story behind like LA Noir. No hints. No like even semblance that they're going to revisit that world. Even though, like, I'd love for them to do, like, a linear, non-open world, like, sequel to L.A. Noire and just, mm-hmm. like, build upon the parts of that game that did work. But if you go and track, like, L.A. Noire comes back every, like, 18 months with, like, a new platform. It's like, yep. they, we're going to put an L.A. Noire on Switch. Cool. Like, you know what would probably sell better is, like, GTA 3 and, like, Vice City. But, like, <laughs> we're going to put L.A. Noire. I just find it interesting that L.A. Noir is the game that constantly gets revisited from Rockstar's catalog. How that despite sell? the fact that they have a it must well, so my question is, is there something about the fact that it was made by Team Bondi, yeah. technically published by Rockstar, but does Take Two have the ability to be like, yo, we're just we're gonna put, you know, right. you guys won't let us like just put GTA three as like a trilogy bundle out on the Everything, Switch. Right. So we're just gonna put out LA Noir. Yeah. It's either like they have a secret affinity for L.A. Noir, or somehow Take Two is like under less restrictive rights for some reason in an internal control. It's just weird that that's the game that constantly also, comes back. It could also be that based on the platform, like the 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 engine stuff that it was built on, it's easier to port to modern consoles than than that other stuff. But they've already put GTA Three and stuff it's on, on like Android iPad, and right? iOS. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they could do it. They could do it. It's just weird. It um, is. But it it's, it, you know, it's, sure. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else besides Last of Us that was, like, big at that event? I don't think so. Not in a no, fan. It wasn't in the Batman event. game. That sounds like Right, that was the thing a, that I was waiting on. 
Uh, what's that? I forgot that New York Comic Con is coming up. Oh, so right. That makes that's sense. Where, Wait, that's where that will get announced. The new Batman game. Oh. That is, has been being like. Oh, that's next weekend. Yes. Oh, shit. Yes. Right. Yes. So Court of Owls, which is the rumor, is from uh, the Montreal studio, the Origins, not the. Rocksteady will not be developing this one. Right. Rocksteady still theoretically working on a different thing. Hmm. Which they are. Yeah, they are. That sounds like that'll be something we hear about. That'll be next gen uh, at this point, right? That'll be. Yeah, my guess. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be something we hear about next year. Yeah. Um, Oh, Civ 6 coming to PS4 also, which that's an okay civilization game. Uh, What do y'all think about this Last of Us trailer? Uh, I know like in general, uh, in general, I, the reason I ask what y'all think is because I am someone who like comes in fairly skeptical already. I know mm. my own tastes, and so uh, while I can be like, yeah, you did not, you did not care for Last of Us. I there are bits of it that good. I really liked. Um, I think sure. by and large that was a game where I, I've said this before, but like I could see the chest high cover everywhere, and it really prevented me from engaging narratively. Um, and I also don't know if it stuck the landing in. In regards to whether or not it communicated, I, like I could tell that the character, the people who made that game felt a certain way about, for instance, Joel. Um, I don't know that they stuck the landing on convincing players writ large that when mm. you look at the way people talk about Joel and that, and also for me, I wasn't one hundred percent sure. Yeah. Anyway, we we shouldn't relitigate the last. Well, of stuff. when you say uh, without like spoiling, yeah. the, like, like, yeah. When I see things like hashtag Joel was right, yeah. I'm like, hmm. yeah, this is what the fuck I'm talking about, right? Mm. Also, like the, uh, amb- you know, yeah, <laughs> that means maybe you left a little too much ambiguity for the players on how they should how they should probably feel about yeah. the actions. Yeah. And I also just generally game. have bounced off of that specific style of storytelling, the kind of PlayStation prestige style that is. God and War, I love that, that shit totally. So I, that's I, why I'm like I'm. Well, I will I, I, weigh in on this thing eventually. I'm more curious, sure. Patrick, for someone like you who loved that shit. Uh, I'm I'm curious. Oh, and I will say real quick, the stuff I liked about Last of Us was like resource management. Was the stuff that I don't like in Overland, mm. that feeling of like, sure. oh, fuck, oh, fuck. It was very good at making me yeah. be like, how the fuck the do I get first, out of this The one? first half of Last of yes. Us before you end up having too much stuff. 100%. And because you you just end up scrabbing, you, like you do the, you know, the Resident Evil thing, like, whoops, yeah. I've got 900 <laughs> shotgun shells at the end, didn't yeah. use any of those. Like, Last of Us in the first half, like, really made you feel scrappy yep. in, a, in a way that was like really, so it's like, hey, I'm going to use that, you know, special item to kill, you know, one of the fungi creatures, like, whoo, that's dead, but also, fuck, I yeah. don't have anything to build another. Like, it the did rare a really game, good job of that in the first half. The rare game where early, where, where like, uh, gun violence felt really surprising for the first yeah. few hours. Yeah. But again, eventually it became walking through space. It gets for numb. Me. It, I got yeah. so numb to it. Um, and then, and then also the rare game where I like from the jump put it on the harder, like the not the hardest difficulty, but the mm-hmm. middle hard yeah. difficulty because it just I knew mm-hmm. immediately having less resources would feel would produce that effect. Anyway, Last of Us Two release date reveal trailer. Um, can you talk me through how y'all felt about it? I was like not watching it live with everybody. And so I was seeing takes come in hot and fast and yeah. Uh, well, I would like, to, I would divide my responses like separately, which is like, I feel like the, the, all, like the concerns over like the fridging and like Ellie and her relationship to, uh, you know, the, the relationships, like I feel like that's like sort it's tied in, but I'm also like not con- fully convinced it isn't all a head fake in a way that like I have trouble coming down with like, really strong feelings on it quite yeah. yet, but we can talk about that part. Yeah. Um, in terms of like what last of us two is relative to last of us, like it's another one of those. Like if you like the deeply Hollywood 
influenced <clears throat> cinematic single player sort of thing that like Sony has made as we've called like their house style. Like it looks like getting another really good one of those. Um, and uh, I liked the gameplay, like the moment to moment of Last of Us quite a bit, especially given the fact that I think like the shooting in Uncharted is like some of like, I don't understand how people play those games. Like I've played all of them. Keep thinking that like the shooting is going to feel better and it never, never does. And I like cannot stand the way it feels to shoot in those games. Um, whereas I found the last of us to be, you know, I agree with you in the way that the environments communicated a little too much and kind of took you out of it. But I also found the combat to be satisfying in a way that I was able to sort of separate those two things and just enjoy what those moments were in the game and found them to be like really gratifying. I find it disappointing that actually there's not going to be multiplayer in last of us two. Um, even though they had said there was going to be, because actually the multiplayer in last of us one was like, other than the, the gross, uh, fatalities that like they would like issue out with new updates, like new gross ways to completely fuck up the competition. Um, I found the stalking stealthy nature of last of us single player to like f- be like a really interesting match for uh multiplayer in last of us. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, know, it looks like more of that. I will tell you like just talking to sort of like regular folk that play video games, like the reverence people have for last of us, like is hard to overstate. Like I know lots of people that don't play a ton of, ton of video games and consider like last of us to be like, one of the best games they've ever played. Like yeah. it hits on a certain button and the cinematic stuff that we sometimes then be pushed back on and go, boy, I wish video games didn't rely so much on another medium to, to define how they're going to <laughs> present themselves. For a lot of people, that's totally fine. Yep. They want an interactive movie. And Last of Us, I think, is a certain apex of that kind of style. I don't see anything in Last of Us 2 that suggests it's going to be anything more than just a prettier version of that. Um, but I think for a lot of people, including for myself, when I box it away and realize it is what it is and that scratches a certain itch, it looks like a a really pretty potentially like very good one of those. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, it is one of the best looking game trailers I've seen in a long time, visually speaking, in terms of like character fidelity and all that stuff. But I think you hit the thing that, that kind of has always put me off of this style, which is like, I, in fact, it's the same thing I said before, um, which is the thing I like the most about a video game is me trying to figure out what it's doing. Like, all right, what's going on here? How do I, how do I blah, 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 blah. And that's why that early combat stuff in Last of Us 1 does work for me. It's like, all right, how the fuck do I get through this thing? What's it expect of me? But narratively speaking, this style of storytelling traditionally falls flat for me because I get it so quickly or I like, okay, yeah, okay, it's one of these. Um, that doesn't mean that like you can't have great moments in it. Um, and also, it does not help that like, okay, we're going to kill the black characters off. Okay, we're going to kill off yep. the queer love interest. Uh, and again, now with this trailer teasing that this is a revenge story. Uh, for people who haven't seen the trailer, I think about a minute in, it sets up that Dina, 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 uh, for sure, yeah, Dina, Dina. Uh, it sets all. It sets up with like with ambiguity. That Dina, who is the woman that Ellie kisses in that E3 trailer from last year. Um, the centerpiece of that E3 trailer. Yes, and not just like, oh, cut two. Hey, did you see they kissed? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. built crescendos with. Yes. Like, look, we developed technology to make kissing look really good between uh-huh. these two women. Yes. Uh, gets 
there is violent sounds. Ellie is upset. Uh, it looks like someone has done her wrong by killing or hurting Dina. It It is set up to look like she has been killed. And then the rest of this trailer is her being like, I have to go get vengeance. I have to go make this right. I have to go do this thing. And then this trailer crescendos with Joel being like, you didn't think I'd let you go do it by your, you know, alone. You didn't think I'd let you do this by yourself or whatever. Um, because Joel is, Joel is alive. Joel is still there de- debunking a fan theory that Joel had died off screen, which I, they would never have done. Uh, <laughs> Uh, unless Joel was played by, he like, would he would have been a ghost. There would have yeah. been there would have been past <laughs> like he was he wasn't going away. Yeah, he wasn't exactly. going away. It was like, yeah. Um, and yeah, man, like the we were talking about this yesterday in our Slack with like the whole like motherboard games folks, uh, and it was interesting to see that conversation go various places. Um, I will say that for me, the. One thing that someone pointed out, not in our chat, but on Twitter, someone brought back the interview Danielle did last year with uh, mm-hmm. the creative leads, which was like, I guess it was with Neil Druckmann and then um, a one of the lead writers on the game. Um, and in that, they had said like, listen, yeah, we're very conscious about these things. We, of course, talk about these things. But also, you know, uh, sometimes the genre is, is the genre it is and the genre has archetypes and has, and has you know, touchstones and the genre does a thing. And, you know, that we're not – we can't say what's going to – we can't say we're not going to fridge this person. We can't say we are fridging this person. But, uh, but you know, genres, they, they got them. Um, and – the conversation that we ended up having was like, okay, well, is this really – did they really – are they really going to kill this character off? If so, are they getting ahead of the fact that they do that by making everyone know out the gate? That way we know months in advance. But also it doesn't really make it any less frustrating. Um, uh, you know, I will say like as a, a bi guy, I, I'm I'm not offended by this, but it's not surprising to me. Like if if – it's just not particularly moving storytelling when you fridge, when you kill a character to motivate another character at the start of your story. At this point, that is not going to move me. It's not going to move me. It's also going to move me less when it is a queer character because I've, I expect it so often or when it's a woman. Like, oh, wow, another story motivated by the death of a woman actually brings me out of the story most of the time, especially when it happens as like the motivating catalyst uh, and not like, hey, wow, I've spent, you know, a whole, I've spent seasons and seasons and seasons of a TV show with a character. The character dies of causes that are often tragic, but like are not the core motivation for where the story is going. Um, And so to some degree then we were like, okay, but we don't know one, we don't know when this happens in the story. We don't know whether this character dies in the first hour, if this character dies in hour the, 10. The, tra- the trailer is like extremely disjointed in terms or, of like, Or if the character dies at all. Right. But that for me still doesn't move us to a point where I'm like, if this is a head fake, like you suggested, Patrick, and I'm like, oh, gotcha. It's actually, she's actually still alive. And then it's, that feels gross in a progressive chits sort of way yeah. <laughs> where it's like, okay, well, are you playing games with the audience here? What's well, yeah. It's like, you're saying like, we're aware of the trope. Mm-hmm. We're going to make you think yes. that we're doing the bad version of this trope, but actually in the game, we're going to be self-aware that in our marketing we were doing, you know, it's just, it's, uh, the stakes it's, are, it's are, just a, str- right. The stakes are not the same as like, 
we you thought you were going <clears> to <throat> play a snake, but you played as Raiden, right? right? This there is a different people have a different type of investment here, um, and it's an investment that I have that I have been critical of in some ways in the past, right? The like this is the we shouldn't take scraps for feasts. Like it sucks that we have to do this. We want representation so badly that we like cheer whenever huge corporations put like a, a throwaway queer character or. But they partic- they asked for this, right? They that's what I'm saying. They yeah, totally set the, it is it is one thing to just be like the game just happens to have a queer character the way they centered this relationship gives every expectation and the way they talked about like the tech of like how they captured them i mean it's just like everything like you knew the story then like there's not a world where what they showed in that first trailer and then what we're now is like ah well actually about three-fourths of the development we realized we should probably kill this girl off no no, um, of course not early on like they they knew that and so the table setting was so (sighs) meticulous and if and that's the thing, like, if 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 they did that on purpose and still went in this direction, that gives you every reason to be then understandably suspicious of everything else going forward and how they would handle. Because being uh, uh, aware of genre and then playing with tropes is absolutely, like, the can-be done well in the hands of smart, capable writers in which they guide you in a direction and do something different. That is the fun, can be the fun of choosing genre and playing in genre is the subversion of expectations. But like that interview gives the ex, you know, this sort of yeah. like, like, let me just well, read from it. That so way, genre. Yeah. I guess uh, they'll give us that a, way. Yeah, we'll have, go ahead. So this is an interview with Neil Druckmann, who's the creative director of the game. And, uh, uh, Hall, Hallie gross, H A L L E Y. I don't know if that's Haley or Hallie, uh, who is the co-writer of the game. Um, uh, and, uh, Gross immediately is like, so Danielle asked, so one thing, uh, shout out to Danielle, one thing I think a lot of folks were concerned about is the idea of fridging, that uh, Dina would be killed to give Ellie dramatic motivation, Danielle calling the shot from a year and a half away. I'm not asking you to spoil the story, but are you aware of the tropes given the history of queer women in film and TV, etc.? Are you aware that while writing these characters and scenarios, are you aware of that while writing these characters and scenarios? And secondly, I imagine there's a lot of pressure on you folks to get it right. Uh, Gross says, that's almost impossible to answer. And Druckmann says, I can ramble for a bit and you can take over. I'll try without spoiling anything. I will say that knowing we're in a genre that has certain tropes and genre might, uh, and a genre might just be a relationship, uh, could be a relationship story or a zombie apocalypse. We're constantly considering tropes. Sometimes we lean into tropes when they're best for the story. And sometimes we want to subvert them in interesting ways. So I can tell you, especially with that stuff, there's a lot of conversations about not only that trope, fridging, but other tropes that come from that kind of relationship. And ultimately, what wins out is what's best for the story. So, for example, if we're going to have a lead female gay protagonist uh, in the zombie apocalyptic genre, that means the protagonist will be in really violent situations, both that she's perpetrating that are done to her. Uh, And sometimes there are certain tropes that might have negative connotations, but we just have to own it if that's part of the genre. Again, without spoiling who lives, who survives, because so much of the story is about the stakes of the people you care for. We're aware of it, but we're making the best decisions for the story. And Gross says, that was great. I feel he nailed it. Um, it is, it is so much more complex than like, this is a checkbox in zombie movies or in, in, in zombie stories in post-apocalyptic stories, people go through violent situations. And when a woman, a woman or a, a gay woman or a lesbian or a queer woman you know, dies, that's a trope check. It's, it's fridging is so much more complex than that. Mm. And a trailer cannot give us the full picture of how that was deployed. Again, if for me, it's like if that's 20 hours in and there is a lot of great character development ahead of time and this is a particularly tragic moment that spurns the third act or something, 
Who, or like it's yeah, it's like who knows? Act, actually, we spent eight hours in the village, and like you spend a lot of time with these characters. But, I mean, I, I, but I, mean I mean, but what it is being deployed as is outside of the context of sitting with the game and playing it. It is right. being deployed that way as marketing material. Yeah, with yes. the table setting you talked about. That last time it was like, hey, raise the roof, fuck yeah, we got we got a fucking lesbian kiss on screen, woo! And now it's being like, and and they took that shit away. And now you're the only one who can go make it right. And that is that is a fuck up, right? That in the in the marketing material is selling the game on that and is motivating you, the player, through that that like particular trauma as if you were Ellie, right? And yeah. like huh, if I'm you took that bit well out, does it change anything about like your reading of right? Like if they if they fully if they if their whole thought is like the genre is the genre. We are going to engage in this trope, but knowingly, and then, you know, trust us. The way to do that is to not acknowledge it in the marketing. It's to let you experience it in the game where you get their full context, their full argument for why it makes sense for this story by putting it in the trailer. And especially a trailer that is deliberately misleading and right. void yeah. of like actual, like you don't actually know what she's up to, what she's doing, where this fits in the larger narrative of like her and her relationship with Joel. Like it's so clearly, like, they're trying to, like, give you a sense of the world without giving you any sense of what you're actually up to. Right. But at that point, why even play with that fire? Just leave it out. Like, if that's what happens in the game, let it happen in the game where you experience it in in, in the full context of the story. Um, and, you know, marketing departments do things that are different than what develop. You know, like, there are complexities here. But let's also not pretend that, like, Naughty Dog is a studio that, like, is powerless in this scenario. Like, they, they um, I would imagine, to some degree, are able to influence and give authority to how how uh their games are presented i will say that i will say that knowingly with reporting that naughty dog has an undue amount of influence over relative to other studios about how their games are presented shown talked about and so that (laughs) is not necessarily like yeah yeah just remember that's not to say like detail (laughs) right and so that's not to say that like there isn't a push and pull between other departments but naughty dog specifically as a studio is given a certain leeway and influence that others aren't. So it would not be surprising to me to learn that like that is there because they chose it to be there. It wasn't a marketing team being like, you know, it would be like really good and get people talking. Um, or at the very least, know, if that did begin with a marketing person, that they were in the conversation about how their game is being shown right. and could have right. interceded. Right. Uh, I should note also, Naughty Dog is a company that, for me at least, still has an unresolved sexual harassment allegation that I was never happy with how that was dealt with. Uh, people might not remember this because it kind of faded away. Uh, but back in 2017, uh, David Ballard, who was an environmental artist at Naughty Dog, um, uh, said on, on social media uh, that he had been sexually harassed uh, and put in a, uh, a complaint. Uh, and then after that complaint was terminated, um, and then on like a Sunday afternoon, uh, Sony and Naughty Dog put out a statement being like, yeah, we never, we don't have record of that complaint. That complaint doesn't, we've not found any evidence of having received allegations from Mr. Ballard that he was harassed in any way, um, which is, and then, and then, you know, harassment is bad. Don't, harassment shouldn't happen. That style of, of like, we, we think it's important that we have a safe place, but no comment on like how that safety is assured or like what, there was no like, owning the possibility of it or addressing investigation or like we are going to investigate to make sure that this claim, blah, blah, blah. And it has never sat right with me. Um, and so like that is the, is the bed on which this has been, is this growing out of? Um, and it's like, 
uh, none of that sits right with me, given given all of those things together. And I don't know. We'll we'll see. That game comes out in February, right? Yeah. February twenty first. So February that's not that far away. Uh, we'll see how that game actually tries to to address that stuff and how how Ellie is handled in general. You know, like I'm I am excited for that character to be the f- actual focal point of that game or I'm, I'm happy that she is, or I hope that she is, that would be the biggest worst head fake in the world. The biggest worst head fake in the world would be, and you're playing as Joel. <laughs> that is not happening. No. Uh, but but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I Either don't know. Joel dies or Joel, she finds, she... The twist is that scene's actually Joel dying, not not Dina. Right. Or it's Joel's not. like, do, Joel, like she finds out or is gets confirmation of what Joel's decision was at the end of the game and it does not like it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, oh, she already knows. That, she I think she that, does. The that's end of that game to me that was end, her that ending, that. right? But again, the ending is sort of yeah. But again, it turns out maybe too ambiguous. Joel is an well, asshole. Well, but I actually, so I will, I will defend the, I will defend the like last, like the final moments, yeah, like yeah, before yeah. that game cuts to black. I actually like that was actually a moment in which I think the ambiguity of that scene is like really well acted and like they com- is yes. well written. Yes. She yeah. communicates. I, I think it's, yeah, I, I agree with yes. you on that. She, part. she, she communicates something that I think is fairly obvious, but the ambiguity and the acting, the writing, like allows you to like sit and like squabble about it with people in a way that like good ambiguity, like, like uh, allows, but it's, yeah, it's everything. The hospital, you know, there's other stuff that was like, yeah, yeah. you should, that game should not end with hashtag Joel was right. No, what are no, you doing? Absolutely. Not. What are you doing? Ugh. What are you doing? Ugh. Before we wrap up any other games, Rob, I know you, have installed Gears Ultimate. You have three other things here. Do you want to chat out one of these things and talk a little bit about them? One of them is that you've installed Gears Ultimate, and I don't know <laughs> if you have you played any Gears yet. And then I actually played it. Oh, nice! What do you think? It's old fashioned. Yeah, well. like that's like playing it. I was like, man, this thing just kind of unfolds in the most predictable possible fashion. Uh, it's six, right? Yeah. Right, so it's it's Damn. it's an old game. Well, and, and uh, Rob, that interview you read of mine that I did with Rod Ferguson, you know, who's now the creator director of, of of Gears, but came in as like a late fixer to try and turn what was essentially a tech demo into a video game. Like, it's cu- it's curious to have you play that game now, having listened to Rod talk about how he basically showed up to a game that had been like tech demos for four years. They didn't have a story, and he had to sort of like <laughs> take a bunch of parts and like try and place them from A to B to C. Cause it sounds like what you're experiencing is like so many years removed from it. You see so much more of that actual skeletal structure transparently. Yeah. Like uh, Ferguson talked a little bit about they won like a branching story and like you can go all these different ways. And he was like, that's uh, that's impossible to make. That's so far beyond the scope of what we can do here. Uh, so it does feel like n- with that context, it is funny going back and playing like Gears Ultimate, how much of that game feels stapled together. Mm. Uh, it feels even the cutscenes feel like they're kind of interstitial cutscenes that hold things that don't necessarily go together and give them an illusion of like, narrative coherence and causal relationship, but they don't really make a lot of sense in context. (laughs) Like a major character gets killed by like a locust badass commander figure, but like that sequence exists in a completely different reality from what you inhabit as a player. At no point do you, are you really clear? Like does Marcus Phoenix know that guy just got killed by that big locust? 
where did that happen? When did that happen? How did that happen? It's all kind of hand wavy. Mm-hmm. And so much of that game has that feel of, all right, we're going to do this combat sequence and go through this encounter. And then we're going to have a cut scene that doesn't just hold the two, that scene and the next scene together. But the cut scenes often seem to unpack even the meaning of what you just played. Uh, so, okay, we just showed you deploying the, whatever the hell it is, the the, reno, the resonance MacGuffin or something like that. Um, and all those cutscenes end up kind of, in case you didn't get it from the gameplay sequence, we're going to show you the end of what that gameplay sequence was from the narrative standpoint, and then we're going to kick off the the next action sequence. Uh, yeah, it's it's a funny it's a it's a funny game, uh, but nevertheless, it's also I was in the mood for loud machine guns, chainsaw chainsaws, and like grenades, and I was like, I just want like that, just pure, undiluted, just you know, murder bros diving into cover and just like slaughtering a bunch of locust or oh that's the other thing though the game is at its best when it's like sort of firefights between two sides running from cover to cover right Mm. i'm sort of stunned how much of that game is little ghoul type creatures charging you endlessly Mm -hmm. and you just have to gun them down uh it is it's funny because like the game is entirely about being a cover shooter but then, like two act, two full acts of that game feel like they're entirely about. All right, you're being rushed by zombies. Shoot them before they get to you, and it is the least interesting thing you can do in Gears. And Gears One makes you do tons of it. I want to say, like later, they introduced enemies that were like the the tiny ones that acted as like a bomb, where it's like that was like meant to like push you, like rather than just like sitting behind cover and just pelting over and over. They started coming up with enemy yeah. types that were meant to like, hey. Like, you got to get out of here else you're going to die. Like, we're going to press you out of cover. Yeah. Uh, and that, I think, I think at this point we are so programmed to identify enemies like that and sort of pick them out of mm-hmm. the crowd and shoot them that that doesn't really work. And, like, for me, that didn't generate much tension at all because I was like, yep, okay, I, I get the drill here. Uh, that thing can't get to me or it's going to be big trouble. So the minute I see the little glowy, uh, you know, suicide bomber uh, gremlin start running toward me, immediately just got to kill it. And It's like the equivalent of the, the, you know, the big uh, flashing, fleshy part of a boss that you have to shoot. You know, you're, you're, you're seeing the origins of that stuff because, I mean, what was the game yeah. that popular that like technically like probably invented cover shooters? But uh, was but just before Gears of War. Oh, wow, why am I? Do remember what I'm this? talking about? Not full spectrum warrior. No, 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 no. Fuck, what was it called? Oh, I'm gonna look it up. I, this is gonna because it's sort of thing where like Gears of War uh, popularized. Yeah, it's definitely third person. Yeah. it was like a game you would have never played because it didn't do well. Right. Um, uh, cover shooter before Kill Switch. Gears Kill Switch. Kill Switch. Kill Switch. There you go. Yeah. There you go. It was like an exact like type of game that doesn't get made anymore. Like that gets that has mm-hmm. not been made to the degree it was at this period of the early two thousands. Like B tier PS two game. You know, I think mm-hmm. it was a PS two game. Um, yes. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, PS two and Xbox. Uh, so yeah, 
Well, Rob, welcome to yeah. welcome to Gears. Welcome to COG. Sorry. COG yeah, it was funny. It's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, the, the COG is the government. The Gears are the dudes. Right. Your gear. Your gear. Fighting your gear. for COG. Writing, and see, it's funny because it's like coalition of governments, but really mm-hmm. also, aren't we all like COGs that like, in you know, your gears COGs in and the, the machine. COG. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah like something, same. something. <laughs> it sort of yeah. works. Uh yeah, it, it sort of does. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's what I needed on kind of a slow weeknight where I just wanted to get into uh, some some good gun battles with minimum context. But it is striking that the degree to which, like, even the ultimate edition with sort of the uh, you know upres textures, etc., it's still in all the essentials feels like a very dated game. Um, and I think it is it's an example of a game that just because it has been imitated so much, it does have a, it, it, it ages poorly because the things it does best have been pretty firmly exceeded now. Yeah. yeah. And so it ends up being an interesting, it, it becomes interesting from like a history of games perspective, but it also just doesn't hold up. I don't think. That's a shame, but also not that surprising, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, did you get through gears five? You're the one person on the staff who I no, think No, but I, I, I want to get back to it. It's, it's like just other – like so many games have swamped I, I get you. since. But um, <laughs> Rob, I would be super curious to see you – like now that you're playing Gears 1, just to jump – just to see the fidelity jump from <laughs> Gears – because I looked up some footage of like Gears Ultimate. And, you know, that game looks, you know, fine for, you know, a, a, of its era and what it was doing. Yeah. Um, it was well, a gorgeous game at the time. But like Gears 5 – like Gears 5 is like – bright and beautiful like it like the color spectrum of five is like so different and like intentionally so like I, my, you should just play the first like 10 minutes of like <laughs> like gears five just to see like how radically different like they they went in terms of like they keep a lot of the tone but just like there's green and blue and like red like it's um I, i'd be curious to see what you what you thought of from that uh yeah i haven't played more uh, of it but i i absolutely will go back to it because it yeah. is the kind of game where like you know, it's also a game that is like super Hollywood, but in a different, you know, it's Michael Bay Hollywood. Right. Um, right. And uh, it's, that's a game where it's like crack open a beer and just like watch things blow up. Like Gears 5 doesn't do anything spectacular, but like it know it knows what it is in a way that it's very confident about. And there's like it's repetitive, but also like knowingly repetitive, like in a way that like I tolerate a little more than I do with like Halo 4 and 5. Mm. Like. Um, I'll be curious to do Gear Six because it seems like they're primed for like a open world shakeup in a way that uh, Halo's going in. But I don't know. Like, I guess I'm more forgiving of Gears because maybe I enjoy the moment to moment of Gears more than I continue to enjoy the moment to moment of like of Halo, Halo Four yeah. and Five. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm so curious about Halo Infinite and more so than more so than Gears. Not that I didn't. Hmm, I fell off both of those series at the same point, so I shouldn't. I shouldn't really. <laughs> I don't have a. I don't really have a dog in that race, but I'm more interested. I think at this point about, about what three four three will end up doing with like a big just structure. I just want to see. Exactly, yeah, again, like, it goes back to the thing I said about Q World, which is like, oh, what is this? Whereas, yeah, yeah, I get what Gears is. I get what Gears Five is. Like you said, Michael Bay action action flick style thing, which I almost have more more. Um, lenience with or more patience with than the the kind of prestige style because it feels like well it's not so self-serious yeah that's exactly i mean it is well it well like gears is self-serious yeah but in the michael bay way of like (laughs) it 
It, you, you're not sure if it's in on the joke, but it seems to be. Yeah. You know, the same way, you know, go watch Bad Boys, right? Like, like, And there's plenty even, of Michael Bay know, stuff that doesn't work for me, but there is something about it that's like easier to – it's easier for me to have an okay time with something in that mode yeah. failing than something in the like take me seriously mode not living up to that. And yeah. has anyone seen um, – I've never seen it, but I know people kind of hold it up as like a modern day Michael Bay masterpiece. What is it? Pain – Pain and gain, or I pain never or saw gain. It. the rock. The rock is a the way yeah, the way people it talk looks about interesting. I hear the way great. people talk about that movie is actually like the story and characters and like is like better than you would think. But it's also like and that's what Michael Bay is at his best yeah. when like he stumbles upon he you know like the Transformers movies like just such shit scripts. They're so like, bad. If you so can bad. if you can like give racist, him it's, we, it's, it's oh uh, they're, yeah yeah. Cool. There's a transformer at a certain point that has giant testicles that are destroying the the pyramids of Egypt. Like yeah, that <laughs> those movies. But like if you can sneak him like <laughs> yeah. a good if you can sneak him a good script and like dynamic actors and then he takes care of the rest. Like yeah, he can be like as much of like as a douche he is. Like he can produce some stuff that you're like all right. Which yeah. is, I don't know, that's how I feel about, like, bad boys and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. Whereas I think, like, a bad drama is just the hardest thing to get through sometimes when, like, none of it's firing or when it's predictable, in not in the, like, plot sense, but in the characterization sense. And they're like, we're going to spend yeah. 30 minutes with this person going through a turn that's like, oh, now I'm supposed to root against them because they've fallen a little bit and are starting to snipe at the people around them and, like, the acting isn't compelling. And that ends up being what what is harder for me to watch than, like, Schlock, Schlock is is consumable fundamentally. Um, anyway. Last of Us two uh, two Blu rays. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Game big. See, so one, she dies at the end of the first one. On the <laughs> other, your jaw. God. God. Hmm. February for <laughs> Last of Us. Uh, mm-hmm. The the more important date coming up is uh, the weekend which I'm now ushering everyone into. Damn. I hope everyone has a good weekend. I thought you were going to say Tuesday. What's Tuesday? Oh, I'm sorry, Kato. It's okay. Is Tuesday the day? Yeah, Tuesday's the day. Okay. Shit's, shit's the happening. Tuesday? It all, the Tuesday. The Tuesday. The Happy Tuesday's the Tuesday, the day. everybody. <laughs> the, the D-E stands for destiny. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the D's name is. Destiny's due. Uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome to Kato's holiday. Destiny will be here around the corner. You can watch Destiny Kato Day. play that on Destiny Day, <laughs> which is what's the actual date? October first. October first. October first. Yeah. That's what D Day means now. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, honestly, there's finish the fight. The the uh, footage. Uh, there was like an influencer thing, and footage came out, uh, and it looks like like the first. Uh, they didn't invite you. Mission. Oh, you didn't get the shirt. No, I didn't get the shirt. So you didn't get the invite. Yeah. I didn't what's get the first it. mission? Uh, it looks like there, there's like um, uh, a big old red keep that they keep showing in like a bunch of key art and like you're. Uh, is that the shadow keep? Um, I don't know. Is it? It's probably the shadow keep. I actually don't think it's the shadow keep. I think that's a. I think it's a red herring. It's red. Is that? It's called the red. Okay. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> hey, Rob. Uh, <laughs> Rob is in tears. <laughs> Rob's dying. <laughs> just kind of like, oh damn! There's like there's a keep that they showed in, in the trailer. No, no, no. Boys. I don't know what that's all about. I know what it's about. I'm just Wait, saying. Kata, you, let me finish my sentence. Read the fictions. Kata was up to date. Yeah, no, it just looked cool because it's like a uh, uh, you're assaulting it and you're in a bunch of tanks. It's like a D Day thing. Yeah, exactly. That's saying. what it's I was an, bringing it up. Assault. It's like a yeah. Guy. It's it looks neat. Cool. Interested. Tuesday. Tuesday. By the time you no, the next podcast you still will not have played this game. Nope. 
honestly, look, I got to talk about Cube World for like 30 minutes today. Yeah. I, I'm with you, fam. Like you, you deserve, you deserve this to be I, so good. I, I'm I rooting hope it for is. you. I hope it is. I hope we get code a day early just so that you can go play. I really no, do. I mean, it's, it's all server based. I know. I know. But what? That would be, that'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> we'll see. Crossing my fingers for you. Everybody else, even more important stuff to do, like the, like go hang out and chill this weekend. Yeah. I hope I hope everyone has a good weekend. You can follow everything we do, waypointadvice.com. I want to shout out AVB's incredible Code Vein review, which is a very fun read and a very fun edit. Uh, Code Vein is out tomorrow also. None of us have played it. Uh, we got one code and we sent it to AV because I needed the person who wrote the definitive seven out of tens are good actually mm. uh, to to write a game about anime Dark Souls. And so we did that. If, I, if I'm more it. inclined to go back to a, a game from this year that's a Souls adjacent, I might be more inclined to go back and play Code Vein than I would be Remnant. Remnant's so good though. What about The Surge? Oh yeah, did you play any of that yet? No, I've heard it's, I've heard it's like a really, it's like, it's good. Okay. Really good. It's a, okay, good, Um, good. I'm curious about it. There's so many this year. That's the actual thing. Yeah. Right. Is that now what we have is like, it is not just uh, a style, it's a genre in a real way when you could point to like four or five games in a single year that are trying to do the damn thing. Yeah. It used to be, it's like, cool. Like I'm in in that in between period of, of, from software stuff. I just need a hit. Now it's like, no, there's like. Seven of them. Yeah, so. and they're and they're distinct, which is cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. I really gotta play more Remnant. I really like Remnant. Uh so I haven't beat that first boss. Waypoint advice. Waypoint.vice.com for that review of Code Vein. Twitter.com/slash Waypoint for everything else. Mm-hmm. Kato, mm-hmm. where can people find you? Um, probably on Kohalent this weekend. What was that? Probably on Kohalent this weekend. I what? Kohalent Kohalent Island. Is that what is that? It's from Zelda. Oh, that's from Zelda. That's the yeah. name of the Zelda. That's yeah. the Link's Awakening place. Nailed it. That was a good joke, Kato. It's not a joke. It's just where I'm going to be. Okay. Good luck. I hope the train <laughs> game goes well for you. I know you're having some trouble with that. I hope you get the bow. Patrick, it. how about you? Where are you going to be this weekend? I'm not a fucking thief. Uh, <laughs> Never in my life. She's, that's she's, not true, actually. <laughs> actually, I'm going to go don't steal admit that bow to anything. after this. <laughs> After all that, no, you've already invested so much into earning it. I'm sure there's something else to use those rupees on. There's not. <laughs> nope. There's not. Absolutely not. Unless you want to collect statues for no reason. Oh, oh. Wait, the figures? Mm-hmm. Those are cute. Yeah, they Patrick. don't do anything. I, yeah, they, they sit there but and you know what? good, like statues. Why, what, do you mean? what do I mean they don't do anything? Kato, the king of doing things in games that don't amount to anything. Okay, so, let Kato <laughs> live. What? It's nice to have figurines yeah. sometimes. They're cool. Figurines are nice. Also, you're doing something nice for buying these people. Them. You're putting figurines buying in the house. Buying amiibo. They have this. They have. Look, they're, they 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 aspire to have these figures. They put stands up. <laughs> they aspire. In their, in they aspire to have these. Kato, I'm doing my best as your advocate <laughs> look, here, but you're it's not. True. Gonna it's true. It's true. They put the bases out that have the names of the figures they want, and then you have to go get them for them. Is it like a Santa Claus type situation? You just put them there. I don't think anything happens if you get them all, but it's nice. No, I'm just saying, is that like the way that they wish for things? They right, put out a right. Pedestal, they put out a little. And they go, I would like an Xbox, please. He <laughs> <laughs> says that on a little thing. Yeah. That's, Jessica's going to start doing that to you soon, Patrick. You're going to wake up one day yeah. and there's just going to be the bottom of a trophy, like a trophy stand at the bottom of it. It's just going to say, PS5, please. <laughs> 
Mm. Doesn't just say please. It just says PS5. PS5 this is yeah. where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just suggesting that maybe Patrick had had raised his daughter to be more polite <laughs> than the the villagers of Coland Island, Coquitland Island. She's usually yeah. Well, if you give her a chocolate, then maybe you'll get a thank you. Outside of that, mm, good luck. <laughs> Rob, what are you up to this weekend? Where can people find you? You can find me at Rob Zachney on Twitter. Uh, I'm probably going to the beach. Ooh, this whoa! Is it. This is it. This is be- the last one. The last one. Rob, right, yeah, it's like ooh, the, last the fall beach. has kicked in. Rob Zachney, time to go to the beach. Fall <laughs> beach is good. Autumn beach. Let me tell you about the autumn beach. You see, you gotta wait till the cold weather has broken people's spirits, yeah. and they're like, "This isn't a good day to go to the beach." And then I'm like, "Oh, you mean it's Rob Zachney private beach season?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great that's album. Kato, that's the that's the title of the podcast. Rob Zachney's <laughs> private beach season. <laughs> People will be so curious. What did Rob play that brought him to the beach? Oh, nothing. Just the game of life, life. and better than you are playing it. Uh, well, congrats, Rob. I really love it. I really do. He's going to go there and not at all think about that player from Grid because he's over it and he's fine. <laughs> Let him go. Let him go meditate. Don't even know it. what you're talking about. God. <laughs> The whistleblower is said to be a CIA officer who was assigned to work at the White House. Hmm. His, his complaint suggests he is a trained analyst. It just it's breaking. Listen, it's been so hard to do anything this week. Jack Ryan is real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe this has all been promotion for the the Amazon Jack Ryan show. Uh. Venezuela didn't work out. So now he's got to topple a different government. Oh, God. I'm at Austin Husker Walker. Thank you to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. We'll be back next week with more. Until then, peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hi, Patrick. Hi. Hi, hi Patrick Ceiling. Oh, yeah, Patrick, your camera is. It's, I know. it's always funny. <laughs> it's going to pan down and be wearing a shirt that's funny. <laughs> You know, one of these days that would be a that'd be a good bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or to, uh, require me to plan in advance. Yeah, if slash when we do this as a video podcast again, great bit. That would be a great bit. <laughs> I have my doubts. I don't know. They did demo in those rooms. There's there's shit being done over there. Oh, I I don't I fully believe you that there will, people will do video podcasts, Kato. Used <laughs> <laughs> it. I have been here for three years. Mm-hmm. I, I've been told things. I so today it, we're. I don't know. I feel like past your three year now. Your three year was August, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you know that's just free money in Link's Awakening? What? I've spent like 30 minutes just playing the crane game and getting the 50 rupee thing for 10 rupees. Nice. There's no there's nothing to spend money on Good in job. that game. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna buy the I'm gonna buy the bow. Oh. Well, okay. You don't it's not okay. <laughs> it's not even useful in the game. Really, I am. There's... I'm actually in a dungeon in a room where I was like, "Oh, if I had the bow, this would be nothing." This is the teleporty guys. Yeah, you can throw things at them. I, I, there's nothing to throw in that room. You could bring something, can't you? I could. I could buy some bombs, but I'm like, bombs. "Fuck it, I oh, can get fact, free money." The way you do it is you bought, you set up a bomb, sure. and then they you uh, go Kato, chase you're, them. But they, the they go, they go. You're spending mm, time. Yeah, you just. Doing I watched someone do it last game. week. So you're spending something. Yeah. Don't act like this is yeah, free. free. <laughs> you're playing a terrible yeah. mini game. I like this mini game. It's awful. It's, it's a bad. good crane game. No, it is not. Because well, you can actually win it. Crane games are bullshit. So yes, you know exactly. This one's actually this one works. Okay. I'm at seven hundred. I just need three hundred more. Oh Easy. Just you need three hundred and forty more because you you're just, gonna have to spend. You, I finished that game with <laughs> yeah. like three thousand rupees and nothing to spend it on. Well, maybe at the end of the game. Right now, I'm poor. Okay. Kind of spend money to make money. Fuck, it just fell out of the hook. <laughs> Great. Yes, I have to play again. <clears throat> what was that noise? Did you miss it? Fuck! Oh, wow, interesting. You twice, missed it. Twice, twice in a row. It. You missed it in the bad minigame. <laughs> no! Twice in a row. Better to spend your time doing that instead of just like naturally playing the game and picking up the rupees that drop along the way. Fuck. Go, oh no! How many? How much are bombs? No. What fuck. Ha what happened? That's bigger than the normal. <laughs> fuck. I. So it's one of those. You push in a direction and then it stops. Yeah, a crane game. I didn't realize, that, and it's like X to go forward, A to go left. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I mean, some crane games are like you can move wherever. Sure, but I... Right? The, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't realize that the directional buttons on the left Joy-Con also work. Mm. And I accidentally tapped the up one and it just moved ten. a little and I couldn't move up anymore. Ten. Oh, wow. Trey interviewed Korn. Yeah. I missed this. That was like a bit ago. It was on the 23rd. The three what, days. Really? Oh, maybe it didn't get released. It, I, yeah. I saw him post a picture about that a while back. Shout out to Trey. Yeah. I actually pulled out my Switch to buy the Goose game because Christina's back. Mm. I was in the middle of picking up this uh, purple thing, though. Kazoon type. Excuse me. Check. This is Kato. Can you talk for a second? Yeah. What, oh, I think you're. Have you hit something? 
What is happening? Did, are you missing left ear? Yeah, I'm missing left ear. This I'm is... missing left ear too. That's not good. Rob or Cotto, or sorry, Robert Patrick, could you talk for a second? Yeah, yeah you sound fine to us. What's up? What the fuck is happening, Cotto? Check, 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 check. Is it your mic? Is it, hold on, is it my headphones? One, two, three, four, five, one. Oh, it's my, it's definitely mine. It's on, oh, so you're hearing me in both ears. Yeah, you hear you. But you noticed it as soon as I spoke before. Yeah, but I'm hearing you in both both ears. I am, wait, you speak? No, I I see it. Yeah, I'm absolutely not hearing you. Uh, I don't know how that happened. Okay. Boop, there we go. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I am never going to play this game or learn anything about it, but I do love that I get like three emails a day about a game called Hell of Men. (laughs) 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 My suspicion is it's not a visual novel about being a woman online. No, you don't think that's. (laughs) No. Great. You should write back to that person who wrote in that email and say, "Well, we're think we're floating this new podcast uh, title called Three Men and a Cotto. What do you What do you think about that? <laughs> How do you feel? God, he's just a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> Look who's producing now. <laughs> oh man, I watched those movies when I was a kid. Oh yeah, of course, of course." There's a couple of them, right? Yeah. Look who's talking to. Yeah. Yeah, but only the first one was good. Right, but the actress stuck around for at least the second one, right? And then the th- then there's dogs became, like, in a... the third one. Right. It was look like then the dog is talking, and is that yeah, look who's talking that... now? No, that's look who's talking now is just a sequel, right? It's just two. I think it's just two. Uh. Look who's talking. Two, oh, yeah, no, sorry. another baby. Two, you're right. You're right. Now is. Everyone is sticks the, around. Yeah, now is animals. My guess but is look who's Travolta, talking to came out in theaters, and then look who's talking now is like the straight to, to no, VHS. Travolta no? and, and Kirstie Alley both in the Stuck third Stuck around? One. Stuck around. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and, whoa, <laughs> this is, wow. Unlike uh, previous films, oh, okay, sorry, no. It does not feature the voiceover talents of Bruce Willis, Roseanne Barr, Damon Wayans, Joan Rivers, or Mel they Brooks. Got out. Rather, Danny DeVito and Diane Keaton yeah. provide voiceover yep. roles for their newly acquired <laughs> dogs. I think that's an upgrade. That's an upgrade. I think that's an upgrade. <laughs> that's not bad. Hey. Charles Barkley is in this movie. Charles Barkley is in this movie. Heads up. He's in this movie I just saw as, he as a cameo. As what? Charles put that baby right through a window. <laughs> Wait, he's not a dog? Don Rickles does the voice of a wolf. It's right there. Charles Bark. No. Barkley. No, he Come doesn't, on. He doesn't play a dog. <laughs> I don't think Charles Barkley would ever, would ever lower himself to <laughs> the level of a, of a dog. God. Was there also, there was also a sequel to Three Men and a Baby, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three Men and a Little Lady. Yeah, there you go. Did you watch this Adam Sandler trailer with Kevin Garnett? I did. That movie looks great. I don't know what that movie that is. That movie looks great. Yeah, hold on. What the fuck? It was like, I love that he's selling uh, lab like diamonds. Gem heist or something like that. I don't know. The tra- <laughs> like, my, Katie and I watched it and looked at each other like, I'm not. I don't know what the plot of this movie is. But Adam Sandler think, is chewing scenery. And Kevin Garnett, sure. Uh-huh. I think why not? He's like. Uncut gems. I think he's like a he's like a jeweler. He's like a jeweler. Because there's a bit where they, he's showing off. Who the, has a gambling problem. Who has a gambling right? problem. Yeah. And who's like, in too deep. And he, he's trying to keep and he's try, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, 
I think it's just like, you know, the mob is coming for him or whatever. And also he's cheating on his girlfriend or his wife or both. Probably both. Pro- let's say both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just love that he has one of my favorite things, which is I, I spent a lot of the 2010s watching videos on YouTube uh, of really bad, like, synthetic diamond jewelry being shown off by the people who make yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he shows off, like, a Furby that has been covered in lab diamonds in this trailer. And it's very funny fucking to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Um, oh, wow. He's just channeling Totoro. Mm, yeah, I saw some. I, I think that's why I'm identifying with this so strongly. It's yeah, got that uneasy energy that Turturro has. Mm-hmm. I can see that. 